Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. It's a me, a man, the Garcia. <laughs> Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Excitement time. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Pirates going dancing, baby. They picked us last. They picked us last. And now we're going dancing. We're going dancing. How about those friggin' pirates? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in. Welcome in to a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And you cannot watch the show today on Facebook Live and YouTube. We had some electronics overhaul here uh, all day and uh, throughout last night here at the station. So a lot of stuff going on. If uh, Shirley West or someone could actually check to make sure we sound all right and we're on the air, that we're we're pretty certain we are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good deal. Wes Hines has been working his little tush off for hours upon hours and he needs to leave why are you still here Wes? you need to go home and go to go lay on the couch or something man take a break sit down you're uh i'm starting to get mad at you i I want you to stop working for a little while uh and leave that to us as we will be here until six o'clock got a lot of guests on today's program brian north will join us to get you ready for the packed sports weekend coming up later on in our number one mark green Edge golf shop radio show we'll talk a little golf we are approaching the masters and we will talk about that and uh throw out a few favorites as we are looking forward to the action going once again in augusta and harold varner the third will be there for the second time coming up this year we'll talk to greeny at four o'clock jeff nadu barstool sports will go over his best bets for the final four and national championship morgan ayler is going to join us at five o'clock saw morgan earlier this week out at pro day we'll ask uh, how that went from his perspective and the ayler's family perspective and talk some pirate football and tony dunn c3 podcast carolina cat chronicles.com will join us on the show to talk all things nfl we got chandler honeycutt to my left today and boy it's a real shame you can't see us today because i'm wearing a really nice hawaiian shirt and i was gonna take that shirt off midway through the show and go topless the second half but now i guess i could do it right now chandler nobody would even notice but i will chandler you're sitting right beside me today welcome in buddy uh great to be here uh it has been a busy day here at pirate radio today a lot of technical stuff going on thanks to the people over at university pc care coming in and taking care of a lot of that stuff and of course certainly our very own wes hines uh who is still here i believe has been awake for about two days now um but yeah it's been it's been a busy day but i just thought about something i think there's a i think there's something if people really want to see your awesome hawaiian shirt and that san diego padres hat that you're donning right now we have a work phone that we have if we want to we can go live on facebook now i'm good okay i was gonna say we could set it up right here where they could see both of us and comment i'm good all right just radio today let's radio it let's Let's, go old school this is old school stuff right here and shirley's excited because she can play music as long as she can connect that music to uh her computer so shirley's been doing ted talks today (laughs) yeah um 
we will get to that we got to take a break here in about five minutes um if you have can we take song requests on uh twitter Shirley? yes if you have requests you can get those in to play during the bumper music um i would like uh the mountain song by jane's addiction Shirley. if you could get that one at some point on today's show do you have a request chandler uh the message like the old rap song mm-hmm. okay interesting uh, interesting call there you might have to check i don't know if there's i can't remember if there's any cuss words in it but maybe you can find a clean version if there is uh steve hill has tweeted out a sound clip request <laughs> how are we doing with stinger shirley do we have stinger operating no nope. oh we can do it i can do it right now so we got to do it manual go gator go gator go gator yeah we're still uh crossing our t's and dotting our lowercase j's here and uh, getting everything figured out so yeah sorry no uh sound request but maybe music request if you want to get those in via twitter all right um what are we looking forward to today in east carolina athletics well a big baseball series as the pirates uh look to do what they've done the past few years and that's dominate the american they'll be on the road tonight taking on houston for a three-game series the cougars come into this weekend one game under 500 pirates are 19 and 6 as they begin at conference play tonight's game 7 30 saturday 7 30 so a couple night games and then sunday will be at two o'clock and we'll catch up with the guys coming up monday on the players lounge ahead of a big game next tuesday all of a sudden these midweek games are becoming tougher for the pirates to win and they're becoming tougher opponent wise because you've got nc state on tuesday old dominion the following week charlotte after that nc state again north carolina odu again campbell again and that is the remainder of the non-conference schedule and i want to say that charlotte game is going to be at the charlotte knight stadium so another minor league park that the pirates will play at the last time they did that was just last week in fayetteville at segra stadium against campbell didn't fare too well for the pirates so hopefully they can uh cure the curse next week in or a couple of weeks from now in charlotte coming up uh later on today and we'll be checking it out at five o'clock ecu versus ucf in softball at max r joiner family stadium the pirates coming off a big win in chapel hill on mm-hmm. wednesday night can they ride that momentum this is a team that has really really struggled in conference play i'm gonna look up their record last year i just remember it was not pretty at all and that conference record last year was two and 16 so coach winkler trying to make this team into a winner make them into a a factor when it comes to aac softball and softball across the nation to do that you're going to have to win conference games and that starts tonight against ucf and this weekend against ucf they will play at five o'clock today five o'clock saturday noon on sunday actually no midweek action uh they will play thursday friday and saturday next week on the road at houston so that's coming up for softball how about a little uh lax chandler you can't see me do it but i'm just going to cheer it all right l a x all right amanda barnes's team eight and three overall but two straight losses they're trying to right the ship on saturday at johnson stadium when they host vanderbilt at noon so that's uh, what's going on this weekend in east carolina athletics yeah and uh, very excited for conference play to start up for ecu baseball obviously excited about the wink 
Shane Winkler and his program coming off an awesome win in Chapel Hill against North Carolina. Uh, tip of the hat to the freshman Anna Sawyer, just locally, a local girl from D.H. Conley here uh, with an awesome home run in that game. But ECU baseball on the road to start conference play. Um, and you want to start hot in conference, and you're going to have a chance to do it not just, you know, in your first weekend, but on the road at Houston, a team that's kind of been on the heels of ECU in the past few years. I guess the only team in the conference besides Tulane that has kind of competed with East Carolina in this league, and um, you know, something that the East, something that the baseball program this year has done, despite those midweek losses, is bounce back on the weekend. Can yep. they do it on the road to start conference play? We shall see. That's a good point. They haven't lost uh, back-to-back games this season. They always respond after a loss. Uh, we got some uh, music requests coming in. Mention me too so I can see them and help clip out. Uh, Steve wants Billy Ocean. Redbeard wants Outcast, And Josh wants, he says, can we hear the We Believe song? What's that? I have no idea. Josh, I saw that comment too, and I have no idea what he's talking. Can about. you be more pacific for us, please? Okay, so what I'm going to need you to do, and sorry, I'm trying to uh, get my headphones right here. Um, Wes, there a pen over there somewhere? <laughs> Man, I, I, I'm missing a pen. I need to write this stuff down because otherwise, I'm not going to remember everything. Um, what was that song that you needed? Um, clip. I would like, uh, I believe it's called The Mountain Song by Jane's Addiction. Mountain Song. Yep. Jane's Addiction. Chandler had the message. All Steve right. wants some Billy Ocean. Okay, Billy Ocean. Redbeard wants some Outcast. Some Outcast. All right, we got. Josh says, Can we hear the We Believe song? But I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. What if he just made a song in his head and he thinks everybody has heard it? I don't. Uh, well, then you, josh has got a problem hey you've heard that song can right? you play can you play that song i always hum in my head that i made up uh-huh yeah uh, okay sure. thank you play that one next uh-huh <laughs> like right. i have espn or something <laughs> let's take a break when we return we'll hook up with brian north get him ready for the sports weekend what are you looking at chandler water potties no some people walking oh some backstage betties come on now we got yeah, a doggy jams is taking place doggy jam. across the street and it is um there let's just put it this way there's a lot of eye candy over there it's like a jungle sometimes it makes me wonder i mean broken glass everywhere um but not a bit not just a busy day here at pirate radio but across the street across the way they've got the famous doggy jams that's right going on across the street no shack this year no shaquille there is another dj i think charlie jordan is her name but uh yeah but it's a it's starting to file they're starting to file in across the street in the point uh, plaza whatever all right well said chandler that's why you are the best in the business we'll take a time out come back brian north joins us after this on King Kong, standing on my back, can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac, a mid-range migraine, cancer membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might hijack a plane. Go.
Welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. Hey, vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. You can take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Uh, Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncparks.gov. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Can you crank that up? Sure. Thank you. All right, Josh has YouTubed uh, the song he wants to hear from the ECU Pirates, We Believe, 1991 uh, YouTube. Oh, geez. And uh, it is a doozy. It's like... Uh, it's five minutes long. It's broke down Bruce Springsteen. It's like... Oh, God. It's Great like value Bruce Springsteen. Bill Summerstein singing a song. So we'll have to play that at some point uh, in today's show. All right. We're trying to figure thing out uh, things out. Hopefully you can't hear this loud hum that's in our ears that is uh, going to be making us have headaches all weekend. Yeah. But we can hear it. Oh, you, you have a loud hum in your? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, not fixable. Okay, so. Wes what tried you... for two hours, so we're good. Okay. We just need to talk to Brian North All right, right now. Well, he's up. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You sure you want one more annoying sound in your ear? I mean, I can I can help out here. It's kind of like when you multiply by negatives, it equals a positive. <laughs> so we, uh, we welcome the dulcet tones of brian north brian great to see you this week i don't i talk to you on the phone often i don't see you often but i did see you at pro day the other day and uh we'll talk about pro day and then i want to talk about what other lines of work should be should have a pro day such as that but first on ecu's pro day i don't know brian i mean you've seen it a million times at this point that was a packed house as far as scouts go and as far as players participating on the ECU practice fields, anything at all, any individuals stand out to you on Tuesday? Um, I, I thought um, wide receiver. I, I like the big wide receiver. I thought the guy who transferred Toledo, I'm, names are skipping me. Let's right call him Isaiah Winstead. Uh, Winstead, yeah. I thought he looked good. I thought uh, the big tight end looked good. Um. Holton looked good. Uh, I don't know if Holton did anything. His arm strength, I know he was trying to show that off. I I think maybe there was a little something there. I thought he threw some pretty deep balls, Brian, and I think that's what he was trying. Maybe uh, the last icing on the cake, can you throw a 70-yard pass uh, into some wind and hit a receiver? I thought they did that quite well there at the end of things. So that was one of the things he was talking about was he was actually trying to overthrow. Yeah. Increased his arm strength. He said when he went to his uh, quarterback guru, it increased from 58 yards to 71 yards. And, and well, that's part of the equation, I think, in the NFL is you know, how fast can you throw those outs to the hashes and the outs. So those are some of those things I think they still want to see. But look, he's, he's certainly had his stock go up ever since about the middle of his senior season. And the film is what they're ultimately going to look at, and then they're going to want to know if he can make some of those throws. But his, his stock has gone up. I'm curious to see if he does get drafted or if he goes the free agent route. But I, I don't think Holt has done anything to hurt himself at all. Uh, so I thought he looked good. Um, C.J. Johnson, I, I, I think he would like to, if he could have some of these combine and, and pro day stuff back, I think he's hurt his stock a little bit with some of the things uh, 
he's had going on. But it'll be interesting to see because he has talent. You know, Keaton Mitchell obviously didn't hurt himself at all. Uh, he's uh, he'll get drafted somewhere. So I thought overall it was good. You know, it, those pro days it's always hard to tell because um, no pads, no helmets, uh, no defenders. So, um, but you know, I don't think anybody was horrible. But I. I think Mitchell's the only one that's guaranteed to get drafted out of that group. Yeah, and I do agree with you on Holden Aylers. He has improved his stock since ECU played their final game, just being in these yeah. all-star games, being around these teams, going to those quarterback camps uh, and all that. And uh, I think uh, really showed, too, I think Chandler, you were talking about this, like just his leadership there at the end where – He's basically running the final drills, the final portion of Pro Day with Keaton Mitchell, with Darius Penix, who came in, uh, and then the receivers, Winstead Johnson, Ryan Jones. He's kind of running the operation there, and uh, I thought looked pretty good doing it. So he has certainly improved his stock, not just when you you look at the tape, but look at what's happened since uh, his career ended at East Carolina. Brian, I was thinking about a maybe what you do, a sports you know tv anchor you do the news as well now but um you know fastest you can get to the buffet in the press box (laughs) or you know like what would a pro day look like for what we do yeah you know in the old days have been like running tapes we always have to run tapes back and that's when we were thinner and did all those things and there certainly would be you know the the um, catchy phrases that you'd have to say nimbly, you know. Uh, All right, give me here's a uh, scenario. Give me a pun here for this. Yeah, like your best uh, Jim Nance after a championship call, like he does. Yeah, instead of a wonderlick test, you would have to come up with uh, ad lib uh, puns or something off of certain phrases, or we'd have to say something. You know, blue clips, spruce trees. You'd have these uh, words that are really hard to say that you have to say nimbly. Uh, How many different ways can you uh, call a home run? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure we could work something out there which you could find out who has the best uh best abilities uh, physically to to navigate through some of those things. I am sure we could come up with something. It is interesting that that is how and that's not the entire process. They're looking at your game tape. They're doing interviews just like they do for other lines of work, but yeah. it's pretty rare that uh you just get a bunch of people in a field. I, I was thinking I do see this uh quite often in winter. I used to see it more, but around Pitt Community College, they would uh I would always see either law enforcement or and you see this uh at the different places too, where, like fire training, things like that where they're actually going through drills and things like that. But uh, you don't see that with a lot of lines of work. Not not in that kind of capacity where you get people <laughs> out there and kind of then judge who's the best at what they do. Right. I mean, you know, in TV, we could have the camera carry, which, you know, uh, Bailey would be last at, and then we'd have, uh, you know, there, there, there's different things, the ability to shoot, ability to rub down the field, stay ahead of the plays. So. I know Brian, what Brian North would win at. The, um, all right, you lost your map, and you have no cell service. <laughs> find this 1a high school uh off this yeah. dirt road brian north would win that one yeah geo geo tracking or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah we just crush that one <laughs> or find a way find a way to get out of north uh, beaufort county without a map how do you get back to the station and make deadline oh yeah there's all sorts of cool contests you could have brian brian you were out there for pro day have you you followed it all ecu spring football obviously the storyline with mason garcia taking over at quarterback it seemed like the big topic this week on this show and a lot of that came from interviews with mike houston and others was the running backs hey without keaton and with rajay 
uh hopefully being back for the fall they still have a, a young stocked backfield that uh we're we're getting excited about but i don't know any storylines uh in spring football for ecu that you're following no i i mean transfer portal i i got a chance to talk with coach houston a little bit just you know how many guys were out and, and how they've kind of really upgraded with the guys they bring in uh he really likes his defense they're getting uh longer if that's a thing uh, along the defensive line they're getting guys who can uh um, knock down balls who can who can just longer more athletic so he really likes what he's seeing in defense and you know offensively it's all about Garcia and what kind of packages they're going to have for him and um, the, the running back room is going to help offensive line is better and so they're, they're pretty excited I, I think they're excited about what they have here I mean they got the tough opener with Michigan and that's a tough place for for Mason to to kind of start his era. I know he's played in games before and started, but that's going to be an interesting place to play. But um, no, I, I just think it's kind of all just about the general improvement here uh, with what's going on. And, and the quarterback gets all the attention, but I think they've upgraded a lot of different positions. Brian North joining us on the uh, Pirate Radio Live Line Final Four coming up this weekend, Brian. And we've had this topic, you know, are the upsets and the way we've seen them this year good? for the college basketball viewing experience. I will still tune in. I I don't know if I want it this way every year, but I'm fine with it. I don't need to see Carolina and Kentucky and Duke and Kansas play in another Final Four. I'm okay with it being a one-off this way, but uh, it is fascinating to see these teams we got here. Coach Mack uh, McCarthy was in here earlier this week. He said, wait a minute, I thought NIL and Portal and all that was going to make the rich richer. Uh, well, FAU and San Diego State have something to say about that. So it is a, a fa- an eclectic mix of teams we got this weekend playing in Houston. And if we could just not have UConn there, it'd be even better. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, no, and the ratings will be down, right? Sure. We just know when it gets to be major events like this, if when you're not a brand name, when you're not one of the sexy names that people just know, even if they're not basketball fans. So it's going to hurt ratings, but I love it. I love the fact these other teams are getting in. And how about Conference USA and what they're doing with winning Charlotte, winning the CBI, and then uh, uh, two teams in the NIT finals and um, Florida Atlantic now in the Final Four. It's been a heck of a year. Some of these teams coming over to the AAC. So no, I, I love it. I love learning the new storylines and the, the coaches. And uh, there's just these are really cool stories that you don't know because ESPN hasn't been all over them. The, the uh, Facebook and Twitter stories that what's trending has not been all over them. So you get to learn a lot of new things if you want to put the work in. Well, fans are lazy. They just want to know the easy things and, and don't want to learn more about Florida Atlantic or San Diego State or even Miami. You know, Miami's a well-known university, but Jim Laranega, great story and a great coach. And, and there was an interesting article about how they take advantage of the NIL to get to where they are now and for the first time ever. So it's finding these stories and learning them. I, I truly enjoy it. But most fans are lazy like that and don't want to take the time to invest. And so when they don't recognize the teams that are there, they won't watch. Brian, you say ESPN you know, hasn't featured these teams. If you are a loyal ESPN watcher, and that's about it, you have no clue about these teams because FAU – 
and their games in Conference USA you'll see on CBS Sports Network. San Diego State and the Mountain West, kind of the same thing. Some ESPN. Uh, UConn, Big East is on Fox, Fox Sports 1. Like, these games, these teams aren't even televised on ESPN throughout the year. Uh, Now, Miami, you'll see with the ACC. But other than that, uh, I'd venture to say outside of San Diego State, and maybe UConn early in the year in a non-conference game. You haven't seen these teams at all on ESPN. And I do want you to pump the brakes on saying kudos to the Conference USA because in a few months, we're claiming these teams, Brian. We're claiming FAU. We're claiming the NIT championship, North Texas versus UAB. Those are our schools. Those are the American, buddy. Oh, already, yeah. Yeah. I said it this morning when doing the sports, uh, you know, future AAC schools. And so. And you know, they show, like, the ACC does this. They'll do, like, ACC legends, and they'll have, like, uh, <laughs> Tony Dorsett from Pitt, <laughs> ACC legend, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, no, it, it is what it is. Everybody wants to take advantage of the hot commodity, and now the AAC will tout it. They just hope that trend continues uh, when they join their league. And, and look, the AAC would like that because they're losing some of their marquee schools yeah. they do have some of those brand names. So now you get a little bit ahead of the curve here with, with having some of these teams now be a little bit more known. Now Florida Atlantic comes out and, and just falls flat on their face and gets blown out by uh, 50. That's not going to do them any good. I don't think that'll happen, but um, – the last thing you want is to have them have a poor performance here on the big stage. Brian North joining us. North, uh, yesterday we had Cornell Powell right here in the Pirate Radio studios. And I got to yep. say, uh, I first met him Wednesday night, first really talked to him yesterday. And a uh, great young man, really enjoyed getting to, uh, to chat with Cornell. And the one kind of headline coming out of that conversation, and we clipped it and put it out there, of course, was him saying if uh, Lincoln Riley stayed and Ruffin McNeil didn't get fired, he would have stayed here in Greenville and been a pirate. Now, really? Now, maybe, and that those are his words. He also said he wanted to go to NC State, but that fell through. Ended up at Clemson. Kind of a weird way to say I ended up at a premier school like Clemson. <laughs> but, Brian, I, I mean, I'm thinking about it. How many of these stories have you heard that if this one thing didn't happen, he'd be a pirate? Like, we'd have the, the every All-American, if you listen to David West and to all these guys, the the kid that went to Boston College a couple years ago uh, that played basketball, and uh, it seems like everybody almost went to ECU and would have gone, but they chose to go somewhere else. And I don't know, it could be a tall tale, but but Cornell did say that yesterday. And who knows, if Lincoln stayed and Ruff was here and everything's rolling like it was, we're talking about a, a top 25 team, you know, the, a team that got into the top 25, a team that certainly could have got back there. So who knows? But that was his, uh, his, his story yesterday anyway. That's interesting. Now, remember, ECU jumped to the AAC and really upgraded, and that was you know, rough, uh, rough year for him and, and ultimately led to them wanting to change coaches. But uh, that upgrade to the AAC was sometimes we forget how much that was for the football team, and then, of course, it went all downhill for a while uh, when they changed coaches. But um, it's interesting Cornell would say that. Now, there is history there with a lot of J.H. Rose receivers staying home and playing or, or athletes playing at ECU, and not a lot of them have worked out great. They've ended up transferring or going other places, but it, he wouldn't have been the first one. There's been others who have done it. Well, the, I think it worked out for him pretty well going to Clemson. First one I remember, I think you were around here, Brian, for uh, Troy Smith. Were you here for him? Yeah, that he was here. My first year was his last year, and he was the great deep ball threat. David Gerard would just throw it as far as he could. And Troy would go catch it. That was that offense in 1998. So 
No, remember Troy very well, and then he got a shot in the NFL. Cup of coffee with the Eagles, I believe. Eagles, yep. Uh, and then, uh, and then he's been back, you know, running rec centers and stuff. But he was the first one, and then you know you go down the list. Jonathan Williams was was one who yeah. stuck around. But there's been a few receivers that have played there through the years. But uh, Cornell would have been the the biggest prize of them all if he had uh, if he had stayed. Yeah, and I saw even a state fan quote tweeted our video, and it said, "Dang, CP wanted to be a, a wolf pack, and we let him slip." So. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this stuff happens. Uh, at, you know, you, you talk about your recruitment and what almost happened, and you could name, I don't know, a lot of fan bases are probably try to claim them now. But yeah. I don't know. One of them things. But, man, I really enjoyed my chat with him. And July 15th, he's having the Cornell Powell football camp, and it's going to be free. Good. And uh, that is absolutely awesome. And, you know, I asked him, he, he just he, he loves being here in Greenville, having his name tied to a football camp because i asked him how many of those camps he went to as a kid and he said everyone he could and he never found a free one so he's excited to be able to do that for free uh for the kids around here that's awesome freshly married uh yeah super bowl i saw his picture on twitter with the super bowl trophy yep he's a guy i'm just waiting for i think a lot of people just waiting for and that's kind of he, he burst on the scene at jh row but then at NC State here, uh, at Clemson, he had the slow start and eventually got the opportunity. And I think we're kind of waiting that for the Chiefs as well. Yeah. The talent is there. It's undeniable. It's just getting the opportunity. Got to play in three games this year. Didn't catch a pass, but uh, at least he got a taste of the field. But this is about it. I mean, he's got to do something this year or he'll be looking for another job, I believe, is how uh, it'll work with the Chiefs and the way his contract is set up. Yeah, yeah. Big uh, big year for him to uh, to get out there and show something. By the way, his wife is awesome. Uh met her and came out of the studio yesterday and i told shirley and chandler and his wife was in there i said man he, he's awesome yeah, that was great and she said yeah i got a few notes but he did all right so uh <laughs> i'd be interested to hear that conversation but she's funny got a good sense of humor a georgia girl who he met uh while at clemson so uh there you go there's your cornell powell love story there brian north joining us pirate radio live line north uh Let's see what else you got going on this weekend. What what are we uh, what are you looking forward to? Um, let's see. We've got an Easter egg hunt going on at the house Sunday. I've got uh, I forgot all about it, but I've just got the message that I'm judging some um, some uh, barbecue meat contest at Chris Hatcher's uh, homestead and and Kinston, the big uh, smoke uh, on the water, whatever it is going on at Kinston. So I got to go eat some meat Saturday. Chris Hatcher, what is that baseball? Yeah, yeah. What's he doing now? So Chris is, you know, a former Kinston High School UNCW and Major League Baseball catcher and pitcher. One of the unique stories ever where he was uh, made the league as a uh, catcher and then was back in the big leagues the next year as a pitcher. Like first guy since the 1920s to do it. Had a, had a good career. He is back, just back home running his own business out in the LaGrange area. And he's now into this um, barbecuing thing, you know, cooking meat. Yeah. Part of this this big club that's out in Kinston and they have a big festival every year and they're having that this weekend and so that if you need a judge to uh to eat your meat or eat anything Brian North <laughs> is ready and Brian um kind of ready for you to pass that torch to me uh, one day when you're ready to retire Brian Hanks and I are doing it this weekend Two oh Mr. Kinston a heart attack at some point <laughs> yeah place. Well, will you into all my eating roles that I have here when I can no longer do it you guys literally will die on the job one day, and that job being judging a brisket competition or something. Um, but no, that's great, man. That sounds fun. And uh, Easter egg hunt at the house—that should yeah. only lead to eight or twelve fights. So get ready for that. Uh, oh, 
going to be, yeah. The kids, uh, kids are super excited about it. That's all they talked about. I got to mow the lawn, though. I've been procrastinating on that. I don't know. Easier to hide eggs than, uh, you know, shin tall grass. That's my point, but apparently we're not supposed to make things hard for kids now. <laughs> oh, here we go. This generation. <laughs> yeah. North, uh, enjoyed the chat, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the meet, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. All right, Clipper, sounds good. There he is, Brian North, joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Um, I don't know if it's uh, – I'll just say the um, Igos are happy and healthy, so that's good news. I'll wait for Steven to drop the announcement, but – He's got a lot going on right now. There might be a new Igo is what you're saying. Yep. Which I will not acknowledge. I'll acknowledge Slater, Mm -mm. but now uh, I'm not a fan of the new kid. How about uh, Steven? I'm going to say Steven now, not Igo. Steve. Stephen. Yeah. So Steven. Stephen. 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 Came up to me after it was over the weekend. Uh, I want to say it was last Friday night. He came up to me and I was wearing the uh, Pirate Radio hat that I have, the Voice of the Pirate Nation, Pirate Radio. And he comes up to me and he says, Man, he says, That's an awesome hat. He says, Seriously, I think Askin says, Can I get one? And I said, Absolutely not. No, sir. I said, No, sirree. You will not be getting one of these hats. Ever. Ever. And I doubt he was seriously asking, but right. I like that you took it that way and I like your answer firm firm whether but fair he was, whether he was joking or being serious don't matter. my answer is no no not just no hell no <laughs> to no 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 <laughs> hell no to all right no, no no let's take a break we'll come back when we return uh we'll find out what shirley was up to earlier today and we might have some new pirate radio employees coming up in about 15 years we'll tell you why and wrap up our number one on a makeshift edition of Pirate Radio Live. We got a lot going on behind the scenes, but hopefully a good radio program for you until six o'clock. More to go. PRL back with you after this. Welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. The Dickinson Avenue Public House is a lively and diverse restaurant in Greenville that uses fresh and local ingredients with influences of Creole, Asian, and upscale Southern cuisine. The Dickinson Avenue Public House offers a seasonally rotating menu and a full-service bar with rotating craft brews on tap. Come to the intersection of 8th and Dickinson and enjoy Dollar Oysters Tuesday through Thursday from 5.30 to 7. For more details, check out dabhousenc.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right. This gives me some pregame tailgate vibes. You know what you have to do. I say yeah, yeah. Can you turn it up? Wanna be your lover, lover. Mm-hmm. Wanna be your lover, lover, lover boy. Lover, lover. Mm-hmm. Wanna be your lover, lover, lover boy. Love it. Billy Ocean. Eilish. 
no <laughs> billy ocean's still alive i want to say last time i saw him he had like some long gray white dreads look at this man what a handsome devil he's got blonde hair is that frank mcgriff <laughs> look at this guy that's a good look billy ocean oh billy all right there you go shirley's playing real songs today wrapping up hour one shirley uh while west was slaving away literally grinding i was here just watching all the madness happen hoping we'd have a show today uh where were you i was over at chicago middle school um they were having their career fair and i was asked to represent pirate radio out there and it was a really cool event sixth seventh and eighth grade kids and uh it was a lot of fun i had a good time now were you recognized by anyone out there at the school i was uh, by several people um a couple of people that i knew uh just from uh, my friend uh uh, Lindsay, who is uh, one of the paramedics for Pitt EMS, uh, was out there. Um, my table was directly ac- across from Sheriff Paula Dance, and uh, they have a therapy dog by the name of Drifter, who is a very popular therapy dog. He's a golden retriever, and he was a huge hit with the kids, and that kind of helped me a little bit because all the kids were congregating towards the dog and then they kind of wandered over to my table yeah so, that runoff yeah yeah kids and, want to uh, grow up to be a therapy dog yeah but uh justin bear was there with uh ecu athletics they were over there and uh <laughs> justin bear our buddy justin, yeah i wasn't expecting him to be there but yeah, was he was there, there. <laughs> yeah, Justin was there, was and there, uh, so yeah, we had we had ourselves a good time. You kids want to go up to be Browns fans? <laughs> you want to root for an awful football team? Yeah, they had quite a few people out there, but uh, yeah, so I was recognized by a couple of the people that were out there just to be um, uh, a couple of the businesses and and stuff, and then I had some kids. Uh, one, I hope I got his name right, Josh Miller, I think is his name. Um, I know his first name is Josh. I, I'm not quite 100% sure his last name is Miller, but uh, he was a huge fan, was very excited that we were there. Awesome. Uh, got a selfie with him since he said that I was his favorite uh, person on uh, Pirate Radio, That's so I had lie. to get a selfie. Did he do the – any uh, Chandler Honeycutt Clip Rock fans out there? I Actually, no. I, I did meet a couple of people that enjoyed listening to the both of you. Um, and as, as a matter of fact – The kid, I, like the students? Yeah. And I actually had some adults that came over to my table, and I actually had one who – well, he, that we were talking about um, who uh, is the pot, you know, who could possibly uh, come close to filling Jeff Charles's shoes uh, down the road. And uh, I said, you know, he asked me my opinion on it. And I said, honestly, I don't know. I don't know who could fill those shoes because that's those some, some really big shoes to fill. And so we were talking about it. And he said, you know who I would really love to do it if he would do it? Clip Brock. So I thought that was pretty high praise for you. That it's awesome. You know, um, thanks. So yeah, I thought I that paid was paid a hundred dollars to say that. <laughs> so I, you know, so it was it was a very cool event. Uh, they took care of us. They fed us uh, uh, some chicken nuggets, uh, Chick Fil A chicken, chicken nuggets, nuggets. Chick Fil A chicken nuggets. Now, um, the good stuff. And they had all the sauces, so I got my barbecue sauce, because usually you don't get that. Barbecue um, sauce. And they had a nice little vegetable tray, cheese tray, cookies, drinks for Let's all do, of us uh, folks. So I pigged out a little bit before I had the chance to get the 
talk to the kids let's do nugget uh sauce rankings at chick-fil-a power rankings number one i say polynesian yeah of course barbecue number two where do you put barbecue chandler i want to go chick-fil-a sauce i was thinking that too i'm going to go chick-fil-a sauce before barbecue ketchup (laughs) (laughs) cfa sauce number three barbecue no this is a group we've it's two to one it's not fair number four i think barbecue is fine for three as a group vote four honey mustard honey mustard or ranch ranch Mm, ranch 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 on it ranch then honey mustard no ranch will go above ketchup ketchup is not a sauce it's not on the list i don't care (laughs) <laughs> all right that's going at the bottom that's I, a condiment you use it to dip your sauce i mean dip is, your nuggets in all right this is not a condiment rankings this is a sauce ranking well then barbecue should be number one <laughs> i'm just saying are there any other sauces we missed well they have the polynesian that's number one shirley no it's not it's at the bottom of what the list number is that polynesian say? what number is that that's say? the bottom of the that's the bottom wait of the list. you're saying polynesian is at the bottom you of can't the trust list anything you said she says. you said group vote i am part of the group i wait am voting aren't third, you a, dead last for polynesian sauce aren't you a frequent chick-fil-a <laughs> i like to say freak <laughs> i know I was aren't like, well, you, all right aren't you a frequent <laughs> hey. a frequent chick-fil-a goer yes and i get and, barbecue every time and i will buy the you, barbecue sauce in the bottle and bring it home have you ever tried Polynesian? Be honest. Yes. And you don't like it? No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with your taste buds, Shirley? It's wow. called I'm a finicky eater. I'm, I've always finicky. been that way. I am. Very I am finicky. a picky eater. All right. There's Man. the uh, right. power rankings. You heard it here last. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll talk a little golf. What is the outlook on HV3 in Augusta? And who are some of Greeny's favorites this year? At the Masters, we'll talk about that and what's going on currently when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Back with you after this. Welcome back to Pirate Radio. Christie's Europub is the perfect place to relax, grab a bite, and enjoy a drink. Located in the heart of Greenville and just a few blocks from ECU's campus, Christie's offers lunch, dinner, and late night with live music every Sunday. Come and have lunch Monday through Friday from 11 to 3 or Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 4. For the latest information, check Christie's out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram or Christie'sEuropub.com. Scratch cooking takes time, so relax and enjoy a pint today at Christie's Europub. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. It was years ago. It was 2013. 2014. What year was it? What? When, um, uh, for my birthday, I requested Outcast all pregame, and then ECU ranked... And the top 15 in the nation went when to Temple. Uh, Temple. Maybe I'm wrong about that ranking. Maybe they were ranked 23rd. But anyway, they went to Temple, lost to Matt Rule and the Owls. And uh, 
outcast was banned from pirate radio until we finally beat temple and we've been able to do that in these past uh, couple years so got over the temple curse finally but that was a bummer of a game and a very uh very angry fifth quarter if i recall all those years ago all right let's head out to the pirate radio live line talk some golf with mark greenheld golf shop radio show joining us here on pirate radio live greeny how you doing today i'm doing great Cliff. how you doing doing good uh one week ahead of the masters so greeny i remember i asked you this last year i'll ask you again what when you begin to uh you know do your pools do your picks whatever you do for the masters do you already have that set in stone? Are you looking at anything this weekend to help you determine a winner? You know, where are you as far as picking your uh, your Masters team? Yeah, uh, look at who's playing well coming into this, who traditionally plays well there. So, you know, you know, you got your your past champions. I mean, we feel like Scotty Scheffler is still playing well. He's going to play well there. You feel like Jordan Spieth just kind of always, no matter how bad he's playing, he seems to kind of turn it around. Um, but we've seen other guys. Like you would expect, and John Rahm seems to play there well as too, but you would think like a Justin Thomas, this might suit him very well. Hasn't had a whole lot of success there. Um, Colin Morikawa, somebody who is a great iron player, might have some success there. Haven't really seen it out of him yet. And then you got to look down the list a little bit, and you look at somebody like a Jason Day, who's kind of rebuilt his golf swing to take some stress off his back, and he's been playing well of late. So you kind of look at those guys that traditionally play well there, and then guys that are just kind of building as we go. And then you know, it always seems like you know, like when Danny Willett won a few years back, everybody's like, "Man, that kind of came out of nowhere." Well, I actually had picked him that week because if you looked at what he had done on the European tour leading up to that. He had been playing really well and been knocking on the door, winning there, and it just seemed like a logical pick. So there's kind of that hedging of the bet, whether you go with kind of the standard favorites or you try and dig for somebody who might be playing well enough to turn it around and show you something, maybe like a Sam Burns. Mark Greenhouse, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. We will be uh, cheering for Harold Varner III around these parts. Made the cut last year, Greeny. When you look at the live guys who will be playing in this tournament, uh, who you know who's the spotlight on? Who who could make a run and, and win this thing? And and that would really cause uh, some talk in the golf world. Maybe be a good thing for golf. I don't know. But how about these live guys coming over to play? Who are you looking at? Yeah, well, you have to look at Cam Smith, and he's kind of felt a little, I think, disrespected at the moment by some of the talk about the live guys not being prepared to get into this thing or that they play in exhibitions and whatnot. I mean, we've heard Patrick Reed run his mouth as well, but Patrick Reed doesn't have a leg to stand on because he wasn't doing anything on the PGA Tour before he went over to live. But it's, it's for me, it's kind of a twofold thing. It's like Cam Smith won a major championship, and then he went over to play and live. So you would expect that he's kind of the most recent of those guys to really have any real swagger to his game. So definitely you look at him. But for me, to give Liv credence, you really have to have some of these other guys step up, whether it's Dustin Johnson, um, whether it's, you know, maybe somebody, you know, like a Patrick Reed or something like that. But you need some of these guys like Bryson DeChambeau. You need somebody else to step up behind Cam Smith. It, it just can't be the Cam Smith show because he's played well the first two times that he's played there. So I think you need to see some of these other guys represent a little bit. But it's hard to see any of them doing it because if you look at the live standings right now, 
kind of those name guys, even Cam Smith isn't playing all that great through their first two events, and they're in the middle of round one for, for the third event. And the top of the leaderboard isn't sprinkled with the names that you want to see maybe contended Augusta if you want to see those guys do it. Greeny, explain to me uh, what the future of this is going to look like. Uh, I believe so. Augusta, they can invite whoever they want to to this tournament. Is that how it goes? Like, will we, will we continue to see live players play in this tournament 5, 10, 15 years from now? If the PGA and live is still a thing uh, 5, 10, 15 years from now, how's it going to work uh, years moving ahead, do you think? Well, as of right now, it's based, they're not changing their criteria, right? And their main criteria was. Uh, one of them was top 50 in the world at the end of the year. And yeah. I think it was top 50 in the world as of last week, right? So the thing is, live guys probably aren't getting world ranking points this year. So pretty much every live player is going to drop outside of the top 50 in the world. So what you'll see is people have exemptions through either, obviously, the lifetime exemption of winning the Masters, so they get to come back. Uh, and then you get your five-year period of winning the other majors. So what it looks like is that over the years, especially into 2024, is that you'll only really have a smattering of guys. I think it's 18 this year. You might see that get cut down by five or six next year because some of those guys like Harold Varner will not be in the top 50 going forward. And then it really comes down to how many points do these guys get if and when Liv starts getting official world ranking points. Because in my opinion, because of their field size, because of their current ranking of those guys, it's going to end up being a very small amount of points. And what you're going to have to see is you're going to have to see some of these guys that want to get in major championships based on world ranking. They're going to have to win like two or three or four of their events and finish really high in the other ones to even sniff the top 50. So it's just going to kind of take care of itself is what I think that uh, these major championships are looking at. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show. We'll check in with you next Friday, Greeny, but the Masters will have begun before that chat. So, I don't know. Can you give me a uh, maybe a long odds guy to finish top 25, top 10, top 5 uh, to maybe throw something on? Uh, I don't know. Anybody stand out to you as far as a dark horse uh, or two this year? Uh, Minwoo Lee's been playing really well. He's currently uh, somewhere around 6,600, plus 6,600. That might be somebody to look at. He's really excited to play there. And, you know, Ricky Fowler is obviously not in the field yet, but, uh, you know, he would be somebody that if he does get in, I think he's currently around plus 7,500. Um, other than that, you probably have to look at maybe like a Kurt Kitayama. There's a guy who's won recently, who's been playing really well, hits the ball really long, and it's going to come down to him with the driver. Like, can he keep that long driver in play and get it around Augusta National, seeing as that he's probably never played there before? So. That would be a couple of guys that I would look at, but it's hard to go away from chalk right now. It's really hard to go away from Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm, one, two, three in the world. And uh, will Tiger make the cut? Greeny, what kind of uh, couple of rounds are you expecting Thursday, Friday from Tiger Woods next week? I think Tiger it will 100% make the cut. Um, I think that we, we're probably going to see that Tiger, with his health and the way that we saw so far this year and what he's played in, is that we see that we're – you know, last year we kind of got one round and we held on for D-Life out in the second round and we kind of survived rounds three and four. And then, you know, in the PGA Championship, we saw that it didn't go well, you know, as it progressed and he had to withdraw. And I think what you're going to see is you'll probably see, you know, first round really good, second round will be good, and then we'll see third round might be kind of that, 
mediocre round in the fourth round, we'll see him kind of hanging on. So I, I would say finish middle of the pack to, of people that make the cut. And I, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know it, again it comes down to how how much how much does walking hurt him, and how much is that impacting the golf swing at this point? Um, we see he hits more shots than anybody else, so you know you could still see him maybe top ten it outside chance. Mark Greenhouse, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us on Pirate Radio Live. Greeny, what do you got planned for Saturday's edition of the Golf Shop Radio Show? Well, we'll have a little bit of uh, Final Four talk with Bill Bender of the Sporting News, and then it's going to be all golf and all Masters. We've got Charlie Reimer. He never had a chance to play in the Masters, but he played in a couple major championships, hanging out down in Myrtle Beach doing all kinds of stuff, so we'll get his take. And then we're also going to check in with uh, one of the great Hall of Fame writers, Alex Maselli, and uh, kind of get his thoughts. And then we always check in with our man, John Boyette of the Aiken Standard, to kind of get the feel for how people are – you know, feeling down there in the in the area, and what the talk of the town is, and maybe uh, how they're going to treat the live guys going forward, and <laughs> yeah. those live guys bust out their team uniform. Yeah, are they villains? Are they heels? Is it turning into wrestling? Uh, we'll see next week down in Augusta. Greeny, uh, enjoyed the chat. We'll check you out eight to ten a.m. tomorrow morning right here on Pirate Radio, and uh, talk to you next week, man. All right, Cliff. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you. You too. There is Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show. And uh, Chandler, I want to. All I want to do is all I want to do is uh, be in a pool with Mike Mullis. Man, that brings back some nightmares. <laughs> it does. Uh, and just saying the word pool. Yeah. Like I used to, you say pool. And I think of summertime. Oh, yeah. I think of, you know, the sunshine having a nice drink by the pool dipping you, in the pool you breaking now, out that brand new two-piece you just bought exactly and now when i hear the word pool yeah i literally cringe i shake in my boots ah. because of the just debacle that was the master's pool last year which wasn't and then even we thought, a debacle no not really we had it rules. was made a debacle yes it was made a debacle and then you thought you were out of the woods with that you thought you had learned your lesson with that pool no 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 then there was what we like to call the kentucky the kentucky derby pool no we, we like to call it the kentucky derby pool <laughs> the kentucky derby pool with troy dreyfus nobody knew that i forgot the horse's name uh but it was literally the horse with the lowest odds yes. to win the race it was a horse that actually needed to be told to hey there's a horse being scratched out of the race this horse needs to come in that horse ended up winning the race out of my stall out of your stall there now, <laughs> now, hey, now, hey, now, now that was a debacle that was a now debacle. that is actually the, the definition of debacle like yeah. that was a a mess up but something we were not prepared for but yeah um will we see ourselves in a pool with mike mullis again well this year maybe we will this year i'm gonna let i'm I'm gonna see if mully will just make the rules the rule for the pool maybe he just does winner take all which i mean we'll see but i want to be involved in it i don't want to run it i don't want to be in let him do it yeah let him do it i mean let him make the rules and if there's any sort of mess up if there's any sort of yeah, you at know, the end of it, we can be mully and complaining. Yeah, and bitching about it for like a month. Sure. Yeah. I wonder if mully. Do you remember my makeup gift to mully? 
Golf balls. Golf tees. Uh, golf tees. I wonder if he's used those. I forgot to ask him. And it said Mully's tees on it. <laughs> That's right. And then, he... what was the deal with the pennies? Oh, uh, that was... What, uh, what, what am I thinking about with that? That was his payment to somebody. Was it to you? He he put it down in front of you. The, who won the pool? I don't know. But, yeah, he brought in a bunch of pennies. As I want to say he dumped it right in front of you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was how... What a showman that guy is. <laughs> yeah. What a diva. Uh, our Mike Mullis. He's our guy. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we'll check in with Jeff Nadeau, Barstool Sports, talk Final Four. Nadeau threw out a few baseball bets uh, on opening day, so we'll talk a little baseball as well. That and more on the way. Hour 2, Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. Back with you after this. Hey, welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Clip Rock. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt. Chandler doing a great job co-hosting today. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's great to be back in here. I haven't been in Studio A for a show really since, I would say, Peter, intern Peter, was doing a great job with video, taking over some days, allowing me to come in here. I was in here for quite uh, on a regular basis when we still had uh, C.J. Schaefer, God rest his soul. Um, he's no. not dead. He's just in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> um, but it's great to be he back. Died here. and went to Atlanta. Um, it, but it's great to be back in here with you, Clipper. Um, so doing a great job on these interviews. Well, I mean, nothing has changed. Your moral support. Yes, but I mean, I'd like for you I'm to. Letting, I'm letting you. Oh, thank you interview. for letting me. I'd like. I, I mean, you control the interviews more better than anybody. It's no different as if I was in there. I'd like for you to ask a question or two. Okay. You if got, I can think of one. <laughs> it's going to be tough. You got Nadu. You got Tony Dunn. You got... Tony, I've got some questions for him anyway. Morgan Aylers. I need one, at least one question for each of them. Okay. All right. And we'll start with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadu, Barstool Sports, who joins us here on Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Big man, how you doing today? Good. How are you, Clip? Doing good. I was a little surprised uh, to see you throw out a few MLB plays on opening day. You went two and one. I was two and one as well. And your one loss was one of my wild wins that uh, that wild Cardinals Blue Jays game, which I thought I was going to lose the whole time. And Blue Jays ended up scoring. They were just going back and forth the whole game. But two and one start to MLB. I think I saw today, Jeff, you're sitting out the MLB card. But I don't know. Is that something you're going to be doing maybe day to day? Find something you like? Yeah. I mean, I always am trying to find value, uh, you know, whether it's soccer or or baseball or or whatever. And I bet baseball, you know, generally up until August, you know, and then I start getting into football. But yeah, I, I enjoy it, and, and anytime I can find uh, some value, I'll look for it. 
all right let's talk final four um i i told chandler last friday i did want to ride with miami one more time against houston and i did and we won but then i was ready to fold the miami cards chandler was not done yet he's been a u backer for years now um and first of all let me ask chandler and then i'll ask nadu chandler are you just going to ride with them blindly again against the hottest team in the tournament uconn been blowing everybody out Mm. are you going miami again i'm seeing the number five number is that five man uconn looks really good right now they're just they they've seemed to be so dominant miami's had to play from behind the past few games i don't know if they get down big from uconn i don't think there's any coming back i i've got to go with miami though i i just i feel like i at this point why not just ride with the hot hand that all right. is miami so what do you think they do can uh those, those guards and uh the bit what you did say last week miami uh taking on houston they had the best big in that matchup as well so uh they are taking on a complete team here in yukon though what do you think about that matchup yeah I, I think it's a tough matchup at least for me because i really like uh yeah, obviously what miami can do with their guard play and, and i think ramir is a great player I just I really wonder about them defensively. I, I don't think they're very good on that end. And I think the good thing for them is they're really good on offense. We have to remember, these are two of the top five best offenses in America. Both these teams averaged around 80 points a game this season. I think there's room for both these teams to score at a pretty high level. I feel like if you like Miami, I would just lean on playing the over, at least for me. I, I remember when Gonzaga played UConn. I, I kind of hoped for, for a game where both these teams kind of pushed 80 and UConn was able to get there, but Gonzaga wasn't. I think Gun, you know, Miami kind of does what Gonzaga couldn't. I feel like both these teams can score pretty efficiently. I, I think there's matchups that Miami can exploit, and the same for UConn. I don't really want to step in front of UConn, um, but I also don't really want to step in front of Miami, so I'm not going to. I'm going to just assume that both these teams get quality shots. You look at UConn, I think they could really have some success on the offensive glass. This is not a real good rebounding team if you're Miami. And I look at Miami's guards, and I just feel like with the way they could shoot, uh, they don't turn it over, and both these teams are great at the line. I kind of had this total more towards 155. I see it at 149. Yeah. I'm willing to figure we have some pretty good offenses. All right. Uh, trending over for the big man, Jeff Nadeau. Jeff, I loved San Diego State round one of this tournament. Picked them, won that, and then I saw uh, where you – uh, you liked them going into the tournament, but you liked them throughout this tournament as well. And I kind of just kept riding you and riding the Aztecs, and it has paid off in a big way. They are in the Final Four, taking on FAU. I got to say these Owls, Jeff. I didn't watch them until the Conference USA Championship when they blew out UAB. And, yeah, that, they opened my eyes then. But in this tournament, they are the coolest customers. They never look like the moment's too big. They, they don't even look that excited when they win. They just act like, yeah, we are supposed to do this. We've, we're 33-3. and three. This is how we were 35-3, and three, whatever. This is what we do. I've been so impressed with just their demeanor throughout this tournament. Um, can they do it again? Can they knock off the Aztecs? What do you think about FAU San Diego State total uh, sitting at 132, I'm seeing? Yeah, I played San Diego State right at the open. I played the money line. It's not the two and a half, but I'm, I'm pretty happy where I'm at with it. Um, you know, I, I think it was San Diego State. I, I've tried to kind of beat the drum with this team really since this tournament started. Um, I didn't really understand why people love them so much against, you know, love Charleston so much. And then they came out and buried Fort Furman. I took them against Alabama. 
I mean, this team is just, as you said, cool customers. They're experienced. They've got a great bench. They've got a lot of continuity, and they play together a long time. Um, they're an elite defensive team. They give you nothing on the perimeter. And I think offensively, what I have to be kind of impressed with is, look, they're not real impressive on offense, but you have to remember they've been able to get to the Final Four, and, and Matt Bradley has given them virtually nothing, their best player. I mean, he hasn't eclipsed more than 10 points in the last three games. He hasn't shot the ball well. Neither has Micah Parrish. They've been able to live in the mid-range, and they're going to get a, get another team that's going to throw drop coverage at them and say, make jump shots. I'm willing to believe that Tremel, Butler, and Bradley can start to contribute a little bit. Butler's giving you a lot. I love what Tremel's done. I like their length. Um, I'm a FAU guy. I like this team as well. I just feel like SDSU is just a slightly better team. I think they advance here. Jeff, any value at all at this late in the game, putting a, a future in for a champion? Or, I mean, obviously you're missing big numbers here, but say you like San Diego State to make it to the championship. Do you drop something on them to go ahead and win it all and, and get a, a decent payout on that, or is it just too late for any of that? Well, I think um, – look, I'll, I'll tell you this, Cup. I have San Diego State 80-1. to 1. <laughs> So no need to get into it now when you got an 80-1 to 1 ticket. Yeah, I'll say this though, and and I would be, be I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. I, I think Connecticut, if you like to, you know, if you want to bet anything, I would bet Connecticut. I, I think Connecticut would be, you know, I mean they're they're a, a sizable favorite to win this game. Yeah, I think against SDSU or Florida Atlantic, it'd probably be even the same or higher. Right, it's not gonna be one thirty. I know that. So if you think they're going to win too, it's cheaper to go ahead and take them now to just win the whole thing, basically. And you're getting money lines at that point instead of points. So, yeah, I, that's what I would probably recommend. I, I, I think Connecticut cuts down the net. Um, then again, I think that the only team that can beat them to me is San Diego State. But uh, I'm going to root in them, and, and I'm going to definitely hedge from. Have you looked at all, Jeff, at most outstanding player? Uh, trying to look ahead, Sonogo looks to be the favorite in that. Uh, Jordan Hawkins as well with UConn, and then you've got uh, some others with higher odds. Have you looked at, uh, at those numbers at all? I haven't. Uh, I would maybe look at Trammell. That would be interesting. I, I feel like San Diego State advances. I could see for them to win, I feel like he would have to give them up some you know, he, he's been he's played the best out of any player on this team. And for teams that have a ton of offensive weapons, maybe take a shot with Trammell, uh, the guard for, for San Diego State. But, um, you know, it, it'll be a great final. I, I think a lot of people, you know, I, look, I get neutrals aren't going to really be interested. But uh, as someone who loves basketball, I think these are four great teams. And I'm pretty excited for it. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, well, I got you here. Um, uh, any of these coaching changes you're – excited about uh, a team uh, that you think you you might be looking to ride next year you got Cooley going to Georgetown and um, you know Providence uh, has to make a hire in that case you've got uh, coaches all over America changing spots here with this carousel uh, anything kind of opened your eye something that uh, maybe this time next year you'll say okay yeah I, I pictured that happening last year I think, you know, obviously Georgetown's interesting. You know, we're kind of past the whole thing with uh, with Cooley, you know, whether or not you agree with it. You know, he did it. Um, then we hear today that, that Hunter Dickinson's going to transfer. Yeah. I have to wonder, I mean, is is that a landing spot for him? Uh, I, I, I could see that. I know they have a relationship. I remember when we did ground ball, you know, it was definitely a relationship that was there. Um, the Big East is really interesting. Obviously, Patino. Oh, yeah. I think that's the 
players I've seen in a long time. People don't really realize that, you know, St. John's had the second best recruiting class in that conference last year. So, I mean, they're going to attract some really, really good kids there. I also mentioned Texas Tech getting Grant McCaslin from North Texas. I think he's one of the best young coaches in America. He is an elite defensive coach, and they're an elite defensive program. I think if he can get some kids to come there, that's going to be a really good program as well. So um, I'm pretty excited about the Big East and uh, some of the, the, the Big 12 moves as well. The uh, South Florida coaching vacancy and, and the process was an interesting one, Jeff. It looked like they might land Mike Bray. Um, it sounds like when everything came out, they didn't even offer Mike Bray, who might be, uh, I guess, going to television. Then Ryan Odom was a candidate. Uh, he takes another job. They don't get him. Uh, so they hire Amir Abdurrahim, who I'm not that familiar with, uh, was with Kennesaw State. And is he the brother, Jeff, of Sharif Abdurrahim? Did I see that? Uh, he is. Yeah. He's a great coach. I mean, he took them from being like a one-run program to – you know, the NCAA tournament almost beat Xavier. So I, I think that's a good hire for South Florida. He'll have some success down there. That's a great recruiting area. Um, obviously, he has the connections to kind of the NBA and his brother. And yeah, I think that's a good hire. You also look at another good hire, I thought, was Wichita State hiring Paul Mills from Poole Roberts. Um, you know, they, they, there were some good hires. You, know, you look at Temple, I think the, the big bottling of, of, of coaching was how Temple doesn't offer Colgate uh, coach uh, the, the job. I mean, he's a Philly guy, but yeah, some good hires in the, uh, the conference. And Jeff, uh, speaking of the American right now, uh, their conference USA, but Charlotte went in the CBI FAU in the final four, North Texas, UAB, uh, what they were able to do in the NIT, you got all this success. Well, all those schools are going to the American next year. And the question is, you know, what can they keep intact? Can they keep the coach? If we're FAU, we're talking about May, but can you keep your coach? Can you keep your best players? Can you keep a semblance of what you had this year? And if so, man, losing Houston and UCF and, you know, schools like that isn't the worst thing in the world. Cincinnati, because you've got some great replacements, but I'm just wondering what these teams are going to look like, you know, a year from now, six months from now, two weeks from now. Well, I think Dusty May, I think, and we've seen he's going to sign a long-term deal. I, I think he'd be nuts to leave FAU. I mean, it's clear that in college basketball, it really doesn't matter where you're at anymore. I mean, and look, that's a great place to live. You know, that's a great place to coach as long as you're getting, you know, kind of some upgrades on the university and on the facilities and looks like he's going to get them. So, yeah, plus you're going to the AEC. I mean, how much higher are you, are you looking to go? I mean, there's really no – what are you going to go to Penn State? You know, it's like if you're Dusty May – you're going to the American. You're going to a solid conference. Um, you look at what Kelvin's done down at Houston. I mean, how much higher do you want to go? You don't need to go to a huge program to have success, make a lot of money, and make a change in a young uh, person's life. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a great point by you. You, know, you are losing some teams, but you're gaining some really good teams, too. I mean, North Texas showed how good they can be. Um, I think these are really capable teams that you're bringing in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, we could see a top 20, 15, whatever team roll into Menjis next year if May can keep it. Because I, I believe I heard, Jeff, they have – like I heard this early in the tournament. They had one of, if not the youngest team in the tournament this year. You look at their starting lineup, it's like freshman, sophomore, 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 junior, or something like that. It's crazy at FAU. If I were putting out a top 10, I would surely put them if, – if, look, if everyone returned, right. I would put them a top 10 team. They don't have – they have, they have one senior, Michael Forrest, who 
uh, is is a kid that, that's been there seemingly forever. But look, here's the problem, Cliff. Um, are you going to be able to retain all these kids? Right. Look, everyone has watched John L. Davis and Elijah Martin and Vlad Golden, but I, I guess the question I would have to any of these kids that are thinking about leaving, why? I mean, you live in paradise. Uh, it, it's a mile and a half from the beach. You have a, a top-level coach who has carried you. I, I think it would be really, and again, who are you, who am I to say anything about a kid, but I feel like it would be low le- low level to leave. I mean, he's got a lot for them. He believed in them. He took them to where they are, and I think they're going to come back. If they don't win the NCAA tournament, they're going to come back as a top-10 team next year as one of the best mid-major teams in America. Love talking hoops with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. And uh, a couple months from now, we'll start talking some college football and getting ready for that to roll back around. Got spring ball going on now, Jeff, so keeping an eye on that. You got the sit-down podcast as well. Anything else uh, on the horizon at Barstool or uh, in your life we need to know about, big man? Just, uh, you know, we're getting to that that period where, you know, it, it gets a lot easier to, to deal with a day and uh yeah as you said you know the, the grind never stops you're always focused on the next thing which would be like the nfl draft and the nba playoffs and baseball and then it's football so you know the clock keeps on turning clip and uh you know as i've kind of been 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 putting out there we, we have something we're working on a bar so that'll be out uh, hopefully in the summer it's pretty big so uh, that's something we have going on but yeah just keep you know the clock turning i'm moving i'm moving clip i bought a house so that's something that that i'll be doing in the next uh, month or two life news good deal nay dude thanks for joining us man we'll keep in touch and uh talk again with you soon appreciate it thanks Cliff. thank you jeff nay barstool sports joining us today here on pirate radio live so uh you hear him uh, i like getting into that just overall college basketball discussion but before that chandler um don't worry about your you don't worry about how big and bad uconn is just take the over and pull for guys to make baskets. How that's about the thing. That? I, that's the thing I like about taking the total in something, whether it's under or over. You kind of get to enjoy both teams playing basketball, and I always like to go over, uh, whether it's football or, or baseball or, or basketball, and and look for the fireworks that is scoring. So uh, I might have to do that and uh, just kind of sit back and enjoy UConn versus Miami. He has been on that San Diego State train. I feel like a lot of people haven't, and he and and you know why? Because of kind of what you said there. People like offense, so they want to take Alabama over a defensive team like San Diego State. They want to take Creighton over a defensive team like San Diego State. Well, the Aztecs have answered the call every time in this NCAA tournament, and he thinks they're going to do it one more time against a good offensive team, against a good three-point shooting team that every time FAU um was challenged they would come up with a big shot a big possession and get a score and uh, they did that against kansas state did it against tennessee you cannot phase these guys memphis had them on the ropes and fau uh, hits the shot at the end of the game to win it they're 35 and 3 man i'm it's tough to go against them but Again, if you've doubted San Diego State during this tournament, uh, you have lost several times because the Aztecs just continue to to bully you to death, play tough uh, defensive basketball, and get enough points on the offensive end. So I love both matchups. You, you got a probably a, a shootout coming up in the nightcap around nine o'clock, and before that, uh, we'll see if FAU can uh, provide enough offense against San Diego State. Yeah, I'm looking forward to 
these matchups and just really this final four in general because of the the uniqueness of the teams that are in it you look about i mean the the side by sides of who was in it last year with all the blue bloods and then this year obviously with san diego state and miami and then of course fau coming out of the cusa we'll see them next year in the american so um a lot of underdogs making their way into the final four this year uh who can come out on top we shall see over the weekend All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. One more segment to go here in Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Hour 3, we'll talk to Morgan Ehlers and Tony Dunn. A lot of football discussion coming up in that hour. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you on a Friday after this. Pirate Radio, hey, for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. You can join the over 62,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PR, uh, PRL. Man, I'm just ready for this week to be over. All right, PRL. Here's Clip. I have a uh, song request. Okay. Can I get Corduroy by Pearl Jam at some point today? Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, Chandler, you got anything else? Not at the moment. Okay, we will. Maybe some Journey, if you don't mind. Ooh, I've got one. One of my favorite Journey songs. It's a great song. It's called Be Good to Yourself. Okay. A good lesson I will for all play, of us. I will play that. I saw a video from last night where uh, one of the seven A's fans, because I saw a full crowd shot as Otani was about to take the mound, and uh, nobody was there. But um, I guess this is after the game. They're going into the dugout and going back through the dugout. There's a fan on the front row, and Anthony Rendon has him by the shirt and says... What'd you call me? You called me a B? And the guy said, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And Rendon is holding him by the shirt and said, yes, you did, MFR. I heard you. And he kind of took a swipe at him. And physical violence, not a great thing. Shouldn't have that. That's but weird to see from Anthony Rendon, too. I mean, I feel like, especially when he was in Washington, he just seemed kind of like a laid-back guy, didn't let things get to him. And right here, I'm watching the video as we speak and he is like yeah he's got that guy uh firmly by the shirt and i love it i i love this i think i don't know and i get that like yeah you gotta tune out the noise and all that stuff but if a guy is calling you a b for nine innings and saying it to like at the very least you should be able to get face to face with the guy and say would you like to to say that to my face this guy was not ready to do that yeah i uh, was ready to do it after a few beers and 50 feet away and a fence and a net and a lot of things in between each other but not quite ready to do it to anthony rendon's face um 
and I saw part of my take, the uh, the Barstool podcast said that we should be able to have a one fan versus player fight every game. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, what we should have, but I do not mind players going after fans that have been inappropriate. Now, if somebody's being... You know what I like when the chirping, and we see this in left field at uh, Clark LeClaire a lot, when it's funny, when it's like mutual, right? When the, the and it, it you're laughing about it, that's great, that's fun, that's good for the game. That's I love junk talk, but one part I like about junk talk is, and Chandler, I, I do this with you sometimes, and I'll I'll kind of beat you down with some junk talk. Finally, the dog lets loose, and you come after me. Yeah. And guess what? I stopped doing it. I, but I la- like that's what I want to happen. I want to get in a give and take. I don't just want to give. I want you to give it back to me. You want to receive something as well. Yeah, bring it back home. Give it to me, baby. And then you do. And when you do, it, it's with a lot of force behind it. Makes it makes me feel good too, <laughs> especially when I see you kind of back down. Yeah. Like a little, like a little sorry puppy. <laughs> because you get aggressive and i'm like okay this is what i want man show me some fight show me some grit talk junk to me but that i like the back and forth we don't we don't get back and forth a lot in athletics because uh it's usually just the drunk fan yelling at the player yeah and then when it ain't no fun when the rabbit has the gun and this time anthony rendon had the gun and by gun i mean that guy's shirt yeah (laughs) and was pulling him i love it because you got that guy. That guy's scared bleepless. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's literally scared. And when, when you brought this up and we started talking about it, I remember, and I, thankfully I remembered who the player was. I just looked up Marcus Peters' fan. When Marcus Peters was playing for the Rams, <laughs> he literally gets in the stands. Full uniform. Full uniform. He's literally, he starts off by sitting on the bench, turns around, says a few things, gets up, and then he like storms to the stands and gets in this guy's face. That's exactly what I remembered. Uh, and thought of when we were talking about this Anthony Rendon situation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen it in sports. I don't think we see it enough, though, where these players just kind of have enough of the, the fans. Uh, and this this happens on opening day. So, yeah. hey, play ball. And it's easy to pick out the guy that called you a B in that stadium because, again, there's like Nobody. 250 people there. So you can easily look over and see the guy calling you and talking junk to you the entire game and can point him out at the end of the game. Um, Bill Burr does a good bit about the malice in the palace where he was like, hey, as fans, we had that coming. Like, we, we've been to – how many games have we been to drunk, calling out guys, telling the – hey, saying, come on up here. Come on up here. I'll t- say it to your face. And he said, well, they finally went up there. And you saw what happened. They just started taking out fans at a row at a time. And he's, he's like, we need more of this in sports. And maybe fans would, uh, would act a little better. Sure, cheer on your team. Have fun. But if you uh, you call out a guy, say something about his mama, call him a certain word, I think he uh, has the right to do the same to you and then see what happens from there. So, anyway. More fans. More- Be quiet. I'm enjoying this humming. <laughs> God knows. Just be quiet for a second. I feel like I'm going to go home and just start writing on the walls like, hum. this is going to slowly drive me mad. This is going to be my tipping point. Kind of like Lottie's tipping point in Yellow Jackets uh, when she takes the mushrooms and she's off her meds. Finally got my wife to watch Yellow Jackets. So she has binged and we watched like three episodes last night of season one 
finally into season two and looking forward to watching episode one and two of season two tonight uh when i get home shirley will not watch it my work woman my home woman finally watched it. my work woman will not and my work son chandler nephew it's not that i won't watch it. it's just i've got to have, have time to watch it you ain't watched it no just like i haven't watched swarm either oh yeah or wednesday well i tell you what I, shirley shoot, i'm even late on the mandalorian right now shirley i'm gonna give you tomorrow off. Thanks. But Sunday, I'm working tomorrow. I know, and you're working Sunday because Murph's coming in town. I know, and we're gonna be. uh, I don't know what we're gonna be doing. I was told today I might be a doorman. That's exciting. I was told that I might be a rifle man. I know what Shirley's gonna be doing on Sunday. The Murphy Center. She's gonna be the mic girl. Uh, When you have a question, Shirley's gonna be uh, going around the room, working the room. Please ask your question. State your name. And affiliation. And affiliation. <laughs> Bobby Ramos. <laughs> Bobby and Ramos. make sure you say thank you, or I will look at you and go, you're welcome. And if I think I was told that I might be handling the raffle. if there Oh, is a raffle. God. But, hey, I want to. Oh, all right, no. so I want you to look up the Rifleman, the show, the old Western show. And if I am the raffle guy, I want to. My, I want my face photoshopped on that guy and it'd be called the raffleman <laughs> i like that this is for both of you you have a great defense they're averaging 104 points a game you have a lot of offense you haven't broke 100 yet is the problem your lackluster defense or is it the problems you're having offensively lackluster offense bobby ramos LeBron and D Wade. D Wade's just staring. LeBron's laughing. <laughs> is anybody LeBron said, say, LeBron said, I, I don't know. Um, the problem is we're down two games to one. That's the problem. We got to figure out how to Did he say it. at the beginning who he was? Do you remember Bobby Ramos? Bobby I don't know why I remember this. Bobby on the left side. Bobby sir. Ramos, bottom line. This is for bottom, bottom line. line. Bobby Ramos, bottom line. I hope he's there on Sunday asking Dell Murphy questions. Dale, two-time MVP, can't get in the Hall of Fame. Is it because your lack of playoff wins or your lack of pitching? If you were a pitcher, you would have made it. What do you think? Bobby Ramos, bottom line. And then Shirley would rip the mic away from him and say, Bobby, get out of here. You're cut off. Damn it, Bobby. Shirley is going to treat your questions like she's the fifth quarter producer. And if it's not, if (laughs) if it's Adeline... Or if she doesn't like it, she's cutting you off. And not just that, you're booted from the Murphy Center. Strict policy coming up uh, for the month. Nah, we're going to have fun coming up this weekend with Dale. I can't wait to like just watch an inning with Dale Murphy at Tiebreakers. It's going to be cool. Guess who's on the bump for the Nats on Sunday as we're watching the Nats and the Braves? Is it a guy like Mackenzie Gore? Mackenzie Gore. Is he? Sunday? He's on the bump. Awesome um i'm looking forward to that he is uh he's phenomenal so that'll be fun all right let's take a break when we return we'll check in with morgan aylers who will join us on the program uh that is on the way tony dunn and a giveaway it's all ahead on pirate radio live here on a friday we're back with you after this
Welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. It is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook or uh, Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. Looking forward to being at Tiebreakers coming up on a Sunday for a bit. Hanging out with Dell Murphy. Was there earlier this week and ran into one Morgan Aylers who joins us now on the Pirate Radio Live line. Morgan, how you doing on this Friday? What's up, Clipper? Doing great, man. It's Friday. I've seen Morgan several times this week. Saw him in the Pirate Radio studio. Saw him at uh, Tiebreaker. Saw him out at ECU Pro Day on Tuesday, Morgan. And uh, I know you were a proud papa there watching Holt Naylor's and his teammates on the field uh, impressing NFL scouts. How do you uh, think the day went? How did Holton say afterwards uh, to you uh, that the day went on Tuesday? I thought the day went really well for just about everybody out there. I mean, I did. I was very proud of those guys. They put a lot of hard work in. And, uh, you know, I think that from just from a, a personal standpoint, I thought Holton threw the ball really, really well. He put a lot of work in down at QB Country in Mobile and in Charlotte. And uh, they had a chance to get together, I think, three or four days prior to Pro Day and actually run what they call the script on how what routes to run and uh, how they did it. And I thought all the guys did a great job with that. It was uh, pretty quick you know, uh, procedure. I've watched some online that look like it's, so, uh, you know, three times as long waiting for everybody to get in position. So I thought that went, went well. And, uh, he was excited. Had a lot of, a lot of positive feedback on throws. You know, he made the comment afterwards, I think to you guys that he was going to miss, he was going to miss long. And yeah. He had a couple of them close to 70 yards. So, you know, I could, then I would say that that erased any doubt and I thought he really threw the ball well. I've uh, I commented on that earlier today and earlier in the week about the the script you were talking about the tail end of pro day the other day and I've seen it different ways they'll bring in a quarterback to throw to the receivers this time it was all right we're watching Holt Naylor's and we're watching the guys he's throwing to and just the command he had over it he basically ran that drill himself it looked like uh, usually the scouts are running drills um, but I was very impressed with him and the other guys at that time. Holden was saying, all right, Isaiah, take a breather on this one. We'll get you next one. Keaton, you're up, you know, and kind of running the show. And I thought uh, he looked well in that because I asked him uh, afterwards, you know, what's it like where they're not only watching you, but you got to be pretty good for your teammates too. You know, you got to you gotta give them balls they can catch so they can look good for the scouts. So, uh, I, yeah, I thought that whole thing went great. And you're right about the deep balls. I was impressed with – the way he was throwing the deep balls was that Morgan something that, and you know I, I'm not talking about fans here, or you know people online or whatever. Like what what did the scouts kind of want to see from Holton uh, leading up to this? Was it deep ball? Uh, was that kind of the main focus they wanted to see? Well, I, I think if you go back and, and look at what his career at East Carolina really never threw anything deep. I mean, we might have thrown a thirty or forty yard pass down the sideline. And, you know, he can do that, you know, pretty pretty regular. But there was never any really deep balls as far as throwing. And uh, at, at times, especially early on, there was a, a talk, well, uh, what about his throwing motion? Well, he, you know, he threw it well. But he's really never had, and, not that, and I'm not knocking anybody at East Carolina, but uh, a lot of these schools now, they have individual position coaches, whether they're full-time coaches or grad assistants or offensive assistants or quarterback analysts or whatever that do nothing but work with 
the quarterbacks on mechanics, you know, throughout the year. And uh, this is, you know, last year going into the season, he went down to Mobile for, for a week and then went back down there a few days right before the season started. And there were some very specific goals that they worked on and things they worked on. And uh, several of the goals that they had going into the season was, number one, increase your, uh, uh, your completion percentage, which he did. Went from like 61 to almost 70%. Went, uh, reduce your, uh, you know, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. More touchdowns, less interceptions. Did that. And uh, there were a couple other uh, things that they really wanted to focus on during the season, and all those goals were hit. Then after the, the two All-Star games that he played in, he, he went down to Mobile. He was in Mobile for a, a solid month training down there and uh, really worked on uh, mechanics. And he told me, he said, when we went down the first day, they do, do a lot of testing on what, what we want to see, and they do a lot of video work. And one of the things was working on the deep ball. And it's, it, I compare it to throwing long tossing in baseball if you're an outfielder. And you play baseball clip, you go out there, you long toss to get your arm stronger. And he went there, and the first day, I think, the, 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 he threw a 58-yard pass. The last day he was in Mobile, which was a month ago, he threw at 71. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a pretty big improvement in, in technique. On. And there's a way to throw those kind of passes, too. You know, you want to get a lot of air into the ball and that kind of thing. And I think it showed the other day. And uh, I'm just like Keaton, you know, they wanted Keaton to – really highlight the fact that he, you know, he can catch it out of the backfield. And there were a couple, you know, one of the things he said was just one of the plays was go as fast as you can, as far as you can, and I'll get it to you. <laughs> if he caught it, he threw it at the, I think what I heard was at like the 37, 38-yard line, and he threw it and Keaton caught it at the two or three. So there's your 70-yard pass. I'm not good at math. I'll take your word for that one, Morgan. I think it's something, it's something like that. <laughs> uh, they want to see Keaton catch it out of the backfield. They want to see him catch some punts, too, Morgan. Uh, that was the kind of highlight. At least that's what Keaton said to us afterwards, that scouts really wanted to see that. So how about for him, Morgan? Uh, is, he a, um, is he a draft pick at this point, or you think there's a chance he slides out of there and maybe becomes a, a rookie free agent? Who are you talking about, Kate, uh, Keaton? Yeah, Keaton. Uh I think Keaton will probably get drafted, just my opinion. I think he will. It, it could be anywhere between the third round and the seventh round. Yeah. Somebody's going to take a shot at him. And, uh, you know, I, I just – you can't recreate speed, and he's got that. <clears throat> now, where he fits in, in the, with a team is, is the big, you know, probably deciding factor with, uh, with the NFL squads. Where does he fit in with us? And do we draft him or do we try to get him as a free agent? And I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a team out there that says, hey, we need some speed. You know, he's shown he can return punts. He's shown he can come in from the slot and go out there and maybe even put him in a, a, you know, some specialty roles at running back. You know, the, the, the downside to Keaton is not real big, but, again, you can't recreate the speed like that, and he sure does have it. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Mike Houston was out there Tuesday kind of seeing the finality of those guys and their 
time here at ecu and then later in the day had practice and uh, talked post practice about the future the now of ecu football and that includes mason garcia he also said some uh, positive things about alex flynn there in that quarterback room and really morgan talked uh, he's talked glowingly about these running backs and and from day one we knew mike houston wanted to run the football he was going to bring guys in to run the football he did it with rajay and keaton played as true freshmen marlon gunn played as true freshman sounds like javius bond is a, is big on uh, Mike Houston's list right now. We might see him as a true freshman. So these uh, these running backs, we'll see at the quarterback position. But I know uh, he is very happy with these running backs. That includes Rajay Harris, not fully participating right now. Hopefully, getting ready for this fall. Yeah, I think they've got a tremendous running back room this year. And you know, we've seen over the years, and it seems like every year you really need that. You need that depth going in there because those guys take a pounding each and every day. They take a pounding at practice. You know, they're, they take a sure take a pounding in the games, and uh, you just you know you're they always say you're one play away from getting in there and getting your opportunity. And, you know, look what happened to Marlon Gunn last year when Rajay went out. He he stepped up and got a lot of playing time. And even at the end of several of the end of the season, several of the games, I'll get it out here in a minute. You know, Marlon was the guy in the game at the end because Keaton got nicked up a little bit. You know, he had the the play at, at uh, BYU where. He got hit and was sort of staggered, so they held him out for concussion protocol a little bit. And uh, Marlon was in at the end of the game, so again, you just one play away. And the running back room, you know, Coach Houston's talked about uh, you know, Jay Despond and uh, what a dynamic player he's got the chance to be. He said he's a little bit bigger than Keaton, and not, maybe not quite as fast, but he's, he said his words, he's pretty darn quick. Yeah, uh, he's got that explosiveness. So can't wait to see him in action. Uh, we'll be covering spring football coming up on Saturday. Make sure you're locked in to Pirate Radio social media accounts for pictures, video, and interviews. Final Four can be heard Saturday night right here on Pirate Radio. We'll have the championship on Monday. And I was thinking about this, Morgan, the, the journey of Tristan Newton, who was an unknown from El Paso, and I believe Steve Rockefort had some contacts out there, but East Carolina able to locate the diamond in the rough, bring him here to Greenville. I want to say you, Morgan, that offseason was or saying things like, hey, this Newton guy is shooting from beyond NBA range. He is a player. Uh, I know he wasn't highly recruited, but watch out for him. Comes on the scene, turns into a, uh, a really good all-around player at East Carolina. Now he's the starting point guard for the hottest team in the country right now, the team that's beating up on everybody, the UConn Huskies, and has uh, a legitimate chance and the best chance to be cutting down the nets coming up uh, late Monday night. But, man, what a, uh, what a weird journey it's been for Tristan Newton from El Paso to Greenville to, uh, to Stores and now to the Final Four. And he's back in his home state uh, there in the Final Four. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Tristan's a good kid. I mean, you know, he's he's played hard. You know, he's not your prototypical point guard either. You know, you see him bringing the ball up the court. And a lot of times, you'll see these real fast five eleven, six foot guards yeah. fly up the court and can do a lot of things with the bat. He's not that guy. You know, he's he just gets the ball up the court and just gets it done. And happy for him. You know, he made a big decision to leave East Carolina and try to better himself. And uh, whether he did or not, that's for him to decide. But he is playing in the Final Four. It's going to be an interesting matchup, you know, UConn and Miami, and then you've got FAU and San Diego State, a chance for possibly the first time, I think, ever that two Florida teams can have a chance to play for the, in, for the yeah. national championship, which would be kind of interesting. Um, you know, UConn, I would say they're the favorite, but you can't count out uh, Jim Laranega 
think he's 73, 74 years old. It's been about 14, 15 years, maybe 17 years, I think, maybe, that he's been was, – was walking up and down Minji's Coliseum when he was a coach at Gene, uh, George Mason. And uh, interesting character, but, uh, you know, he's, he's still out there grinding, 74 years old. Showed off the dance moves after a victory this past weekend. Morgan Aylers joining us. Chandler, do you have one question for Morgan Aylers? I actually do. Um, Morgan, me and Clip were sitting there on uh, Tuesday during Pro Day, and I remember saying to Clip, you were actually right directly across the field from us, and you had your phone out recording Holt and throwing. Sure, thank you. And um, so I, I, I jokingly said to Clip, I said, look at Morgan having a proud dad moment over there. And then I kind of got to thinking about, you know, you are one proud dad of your, of your son, and this is a, a guy, a kid that's been through a lot of adversity throughout his career, whether it's, you know, losing a best friend, a, a best friend that he honors on his wrist bandage every single game, to uh, a fake COVID test in his, what, junior year, to, you know, hurting his shoulder and playing through that, to uh, having a lot of people say that he should be a tight end and should be benched. Uh, as a father, Morgan, you got to be really proud of Holton and all the adversity is he's gone through and i mean I, he even said uh, i believe after pro day the discomfort and getting out of his comfort zone going down to mobile um so i mean you got to be proud as a father uh looking at holton and seeing him develop as uh as a quarterback and as an athlete and now looking the nfl straight in the face yeah i am and you know always obviously got four boys and proud of all of them and what they've done in their lives and you know, with Holden in particular, he's done, you know, been through a lot. There's been, you know, a lot of people that have, have doubted him in high school and doubted him in, in college saying this and that, and they probably got, uh, you know, there's always, we call it that, what, less than 5%, 2% of the people that want to bitch, moan, and complain about life, and they're going to do that whether the sky's blue or it's cloudy outside, so it doesn't matter. But uh, he's, he's taken that all in, and, you know, people can say that, they don't hear that. They don't see that. They do. You know, you, people talk about it. And, you know, it's, you know, I just hope that, uh, you know, he continues to follow the path that he's on. And, uh, you know, faith, family, and football, as we kind of joke about it right now, I think he's got a, a strong base in all three. And, you know, I just, I will say this, and I will leave it at this, that I hope that those folks that are sitting there and, you know, they've written things that are just nasty because they think they can or they say things that are just nasty because they can about, you know, somebody. I hope that they never have a child that they have to listen to people talk about their child. Like that. Hmm. There you go. Morgan Ayler's joining us on Pirate Radio Live. Morgan, what are your weekend plans, sir? Are you chilling or working? Uh, this weekend, it's uh, a chill weekend. Worked all week and uh, uh, having uh, some of the boys over tonight. Going to go some burgers. And it's WrestleMania weekend. Oh, yeah. Your boys going this year? No, they're not going this year. They've been several times. Yeah. And, uh, not not going to make it this year, but going to watch it probably. And, uh, then we got the Dale Murphy thing Sunday. And uh, next week, we pretty much go Monday through Sunday next week. And, week too so it's a busy time of year but i wouldn't trade it for anything living a blessed life all right morg thanks for joining us man we'll talk to you again soon thank you buddy y'all have a great weekend yeah forgot about wrestlemania weekend i'll have to uh 
and it's a two-night event now saturday and sunday i'll be watching hoop saturday but i'll probably tune in on sunday night that's because you got dale murphy on the mind i got murph on the brain man by the way you Murph did, on the membrane you owe uh morgan a question you didn't ask a question you just said a long statement what did i say you said you got to be proud of holton right question <laughs> right yeah I guess back at you <laughs> <laughs> anything can be yeah. a question if you end with right 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 i mean right. that's a question yeah. all right great question what was it uh, was that good though yeah it was uh, it almost feels like you've been compiling that question since 2018 like you're like all right well, i'm gonna ask morgan this question uh five years from now and you just compiled everything that had happened it was good. I mean, I mean, it's been a long journey uh, for Old Nailers at the quarterback position for East Carolina. It's going to be weird not seeing him uh, behind center next year. And uh, so, I mean, his career is over at East Carolina, I, I would say officially now, now that Pro Day is over with. And uh, so I just kind of wanted to get his thoughts on the, okay, long, you the did. long, successful career for Holt Nailers. You did. And seeing him grow and develop as an uh, athlete and a quarterback. You asked a question, Right. Right. Let's take a break. When we return, Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast, will join us. We'll see what's going on in Pantherland. By the way, we are less than a month away from the draft. And I, at this moment, am very excited about it. I I might not be as excited once it gets here, but right now, there's still a question on who the Panthers are going to draft. What's going to happen with the quarterbacks? I would love for this Lamar Jackson situation to not be resolved until draft night. That would make for a really fun Thursday night. So I uh, got a lot of things happening right now and a lot of different ways it could go, which uh, gets me excited about this NFL draft, which is coming up in late April. Uh, we'll talk NFL with Tony Dumb when we return. Also, make you a winner back with you after this. Welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese, biscuits, and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for boat owners. Country Mart, filling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Alrighty. Welcome back to the show. Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, Loud Hum. And uh, Michael Jackson Jam. Hee hee. Hee hee. Shirley, I have another request. Fire away. Uh, the succession theme on HBO. Jeez. Because I walked outside and that was the beat that was playing by the DJ. Actually, I didn't walk outside. I went to the restroom at Pirate Radio, closed the door, did my business, and it was just blaring through the walls. Oh, it's, you can't, uh, I'm surprised the mics are not picking it up. It's that loud. It, it is very loud. Very loud. Uh, by the way, four clip. Can one of the bumpers be the Home Depot thing? <laughs> okay. 
I want Succession, HBO theme, and uh, Home Depot theme. All right, so Succession theme. Yeah. Home Depot theme. Thank you. Thank you, and I want to talk to... Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. I want to talk to Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast, joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Tony, how you doing, man? How about a little, I woke up this morning, got myself a gun. Oh, uh, Sopranos? Sopranos, yeah. Right. yeah. There's another one for you, Shirley. I'm in Massapequa, Long Island right now, and if you drove down the street and... You remember the intro when he's just riding in the car? Yeah. And with that with that song in the background of just the old 80s, I mean, I am here. <laughs> You're in the middle of it. of it. Uh, Tony, my wife, I finally, I've been on my wife about this. She finally watched Yellow Jackets and uh, is caught up, and we're going to watch uh, season two tonight um and i saw and i I don't know how i didn't see it at the time i saw it a day later i didn't respond and my wife had the same question i I said tony said uh this question she said i agree um you asked why they weren't fishing in the water there for some food but uh have you uh what episode are you on uh so i i got through the end of the first season okay and and i almost messaged back to you because i tweeted you and with that and said oh they started in episode seven they had a net right that they were uh with nothing with yeah. nothing so clearly it's kind of got a lost element to it yeah where there was an absence of life because that lake ain't got nothing in it <laughs> it's like, except a girl in a plane unfortunately not anymore yeah all right tony dunn joining us tony any What's everybody talking about this week? Uh, was it Richardson throwing a 80-yard pass with his wrist, I guess? Or hitting the roof? Anthony Richardson? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to need you guys to tell me about AR-15. I didn't watch the pro day. I know that Cody and them uh, were, were watching it and covering it. But I've been on the road. And for me, it's just really, I guess, continued the same exact conversations as Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. But what did, did he do? One of the is, is he? I mean, that's what he's going to have to do. Not going to have to do. That's what's going to flash, right? Is he won the combine? Yeah. Because he's the most athletic quarterback in the history of the combine. This is where he wins. Ar wins because his tape didn't win. Bryce Young has won on tape for the last two years. C.J. Stroud has won both in measurements and tape and film. And now AR is going to out-athlete you. And Will Levis won in the World's Strongest Man competition. He did. I've watched Kentucky. I've known his name for three years now. I did not know he was a bodybuilding freak. He he doesn't look like a quarterback. Uh, You know, he kind of looks like from the neck down is very – uh, attractive, I guess you would say. He's very weird looking from the uh, face. Is like, Tony calling Will Levis a butterface? <laughs> yeah, butterface. Uh, very, uh, very Ken Dollish looking. Almost like his hair doesn't move. His face, like his cheeks doesn't move. It looks like he's... Yeah, he looks fake. Botox. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. And here's my question to you about Will Levis. If, why didn't he transfer? You know, it's like if this is really... Well, Kentucky was a top 
25 at times top 15 team when really during his time there they've been ranked yeah okay maybe i mean i just don't ever everybody tells me they beat up on little teams yeah I just thought man, yeah it's like this is the time that fields leaves alabama and goes to oklahoma or joe burrow where did joe burrow leave ohio and go to LSU. right yeah why didn't levis leave i guess it was 2021 tony they were 10 and 3 and then last year uh, they were ju- they were only seven and six. So yeah, I get your point there. I guess it was that twenty twenty one year I was remembering. Is and I th- he a fifth year guy too? Is he one of those guys that benefited from the COVID? You know? Yeah, I don't remember. I know I've heard his name for a while now. Yeah, yeah. And now um, I believe I was reading that he may go like you know second round now, late first or whatever. But I I'm. I wish, Tony, we could almost everybody go into a coma and wake up the day of the draft because if you've got all these quarterback questions, I mean, the Panthers haven't definitively said what they're going to come out and do at one, right? So you you got that. You got what's going to happen after that. And a new monkey wrench into it all. Lamar Jackson requested a trade in early March. We just found out about in late March. Does something actually happen there? Could it happen on draft night? That would be an amazing draft night if if that went down there. Yeah, does this go down as the best-kept secret in NFL history? (laughs) Two two weeks of Lamar. We didn't know until he came out and said it himself, right? Yeah, and it was like three weeks later. It was like I'm like it was like the 24th or yeah. something like that. He was like, yeah, I, I thought he mistyped. I thought he meant like the 12th or the 22nd. <laughs> How the hell have we not seen Adam Schefter going, oh, yeah, I've got, you know, I mean, what a secret. What a secret. And I guess the story, if you want to kind of tangentially to uh, the Carolina Panthers, is that um, did they prematurely trade for number one and miss out on the Lamar sweepstakes? Because now you're out of it because you can't trade for Lamar because it's going to cost like you paid too much for the number one to pivot to Lamar. So we're out of it. Uh, really a bizarre, bizarre storyline. And the fact that Lamar Jackson is an MVP, he's in his prime. He's a crazy great quarterback and athlete, and nobody wants him. I've never heard anything like it. It's look, People wanted Deshaun Watson, and he didn't play for 18 months and had 70 people that had brought civil suits against him for sexual harassment. And they're like, yeah, let's give him $250 million. But when it comes to Lamar, they're like, nope, I think that two first rounds too expensive. If Ron Rivera and the commander's brass asked me, I would say, give up whatever. Just sell the farm. Let's right. get them. Let's get some excitement. Let's get some butts in seats. And let's win some freaking football games. But or let's just be good. Yeah. <laughs> let's try that. Just be good. You need to do it. Why wouldn't you? Here, if you're the commander, you do it. If you're the Falcons, you, you do it. If you're the Colts, Colts, you do it. Yeah. Hey, if you're the Texans, you've got like seven first-round picks. How about that? How about the big F you to Deshaun Watson? Yeah. By just going to <clears throat> Lamar and pay you know what? You know what? you pay less. What if you um you cheaped out and you're like, you know what, we'll give you two hundred and twenty guaranteed. You save twenty million. You I mean, 
it's ridiculous yeah i don't know, I don't know. Tony Dunn, C3 Podcast. I wanted to do one more thing uh, with you guys here, but do you have any more uh, current events you want to talk about, Tony or Chandler, when it comes to the Panthers or the NFL? Uh, Tony, I will ask yeah, you this. Man. I guess the biggest focus now, uh, of course, obviously, is what we're going to do with the number one pick. What quarterback are we going to take? I guess the question is, is what what's after that? What is the Panthers looking at? What is kind of the... Uh, necessities after that first pick. What are what is Scott Fitter and those guys in the front office looking to get uh, later on in the draft? Well, yeah, man, that's a, a good question. I guess since the last time I was on the show last Friday, is we did we've gotten DJ Shark since then. Which is, are we talking about arguably the best Panthers offseason in history? If we hit on this quarterback, you got to say, man, this is. Scott Fitter and Frank Reich doing it right, right? Then um, DJ Shark, though, but supposedly he's having some ankle procedure done, so you're worried a little bit about that. You need an offensive weapon on this team. I, I really think, and, that, and this is an unpopular position, Chandler, is this is where you get like a, a kind of, not a Luke Keekley, but uh, who was the guy? Um, Levante David type player, second round, you know, 39th pick, you get a linebacker that comes in there and becomes a solid player, the core of that defense. A lot of people want a defensive end. Uh, I think this is the Panthers, man. If they can just find a way to get a guy, at, I think it's 39 that's a starter and a contributor from day one. They win. And I just think it's going to have to be a defensive end, a defensive, uh, uh, a linebacker, or potentially a receiver. And I don't think this receiver class, though, is incredible. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Zay Flowers. He's 5'9", a buck 80. I don't want anything to do with a little guy like that. I'm sorry. Brandon Cooks has been traded 900,000 times. <laughs> he played for every team. I think maybe the guy, Cliff, you can help me out with this, the Houston wide receiver. Didn't they have two good receivers? And one of them is... Will Fuller? Good. No, no, no. The Houston, uh, the college team. Oh. Was it, or maybe it was TCU. One of the Texas teams. There's, I know there's 9 billion of them. But there is like there's like he might be the only big receiver in this class. I don't know. I don't want to spend the 39th pick on a little guy, you know, on a shot Smith. So I guess they, they got to get a starter, and I think this is where you get some value at linebacker. I feel like me and you, Tony. It's like I don't. Are we just old men now? Like we're the only people that like linebackers. Because I, you like you. They're like the running back of the defense. Yeah, and you had one. Y'all had one, and you know how if you get an elite one, how impactful it can be with Keekley. My problem is we haven't had one, and we. I would love to have a solid linebacker. A London Fletcher was there for a long time making plays, but it is just not that sexy position now. Like a rush in, like a corner or even like a big defensive tackle to stuff the run. The middle linebacker has gone the way of uh, the fullback almost on the offensive side. Well, that's why it's perfect clip second, third round. Yeah. You know, if you get a guy who's a big-time contributor, and I will say this, maybe we're old men clip. I know we share 
a very close birthday, and I do blame a lot of this on you. You have made me the curmudgeon. I know. I'm sorry, and I don't want that to happen to Chandler, who is still wakes up in the morning and sees the bright side of everything and i want you to keep doing that chandler don't be like me and tony i'm gonna try at All right. least for another 10 years yeah right yeah get through your 20s and then maybe all right final thing of the day i wanted to look back uh 10 years ago 2013 draft first of all tony off the top of your head do you remember who the panthers drafted 14th overall in 2013 14th hold on uh so we go cam then we went uh yeah it was star latulale very good star latulale um how would y'all grade that pick 10 years later uh one of those great picks that was um helped by one of these really late draft stories where it kind of pushed their stuff star was supposed to be a top three pick in that draft and then he had some sort of, I guess he had like a flu or something. And they thought that he had like a heart anomaly. Like, you know, so he's sick and he had some, and they were worried about some heart condition. And all of a sudden he slipped and the Panthers took him at 13. Turned out to be an incredibly important draft for us because in the second round, and this is clip kind of where we're going back to that middle linebacker pick or any pick is like, is you have to hit on the first. Right. I mean, it's like, let's not give people credit for hitting on the first. Like, that's, you're supposed to hit on your number one pick. Yeah. It's when you get a first round pick in the second or the third or the fourth, that's what really changes your team. It's giving Alvin Kamara late in the draft or something like that. And so Star fell in that one, and they got K1 short in the second. They double dipped at defensive tackle and had two pro bowlers. That were very important to that team. Yeah. So, like, is that that's the <clears throat> luck you need. And Marty Herney always slayed the first round, and people were really be like, "Oh, well, of course you're going to get the first round pick." Well, look at how many teams have missed on a first round pick. And going back to the Luke Keekley draft, um, I was a big Maurice Claiborne fan. We needed a corner so bad. He was the big body. And then, you know what? He had a decent career. The only thing was he just turned out to be the dumbest player in NFL history. He had like a four on the Wonderlick. I mean, it was bad. And then he tried to say, oh, I just didn't try. But you have to hit on the first, the first round pick. But when you get a third rounder, look, Gronk, right? Yeah. Uncle was the second. Got to get a guy like that. And that's a star than KK. And then look, three years later or two years later, you're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you're you're pleased with that first round pick. I was gonna reel off some names, uh, like if you could redraft knowing what you know now, who you would like at fourteen. So I'll just throw out some other names, Tony, real quick. Yeah, do it. All right. Um, let's see. Kyle Long, guard for the Bears. Would you like a guard or star? Ooh, is he still in the league? Mm, Kyle Long is uh, last played with the Chiefs in 21. I'm going to say no. I think Star was important enough. I would take him over Long, but that I mean, a good player, Long. All right, Star was such a big part of that duo in the middle with him and KK Short. I mean, I really, I, I kind of stick with Star there because I, he, him and KK in the middle there was 
a huge um, a huge burst for that defense. All right, two corners for y'all: Desmond Trufant and Xavier Rhodes. They went later in the first round. Mm, both all good players. Do you count? I'll let Chandler answer answer this. Is Xavier Rhodes a pure shutdown corner? Is Xavier Rhodes what now? A pure shutdown corner. Mm. Then the answer is yes. We should have taken him over. Uh, he's a really, really, really good corner. <laughs> really good. What's he? Where's he at now? Star? Star? Probably. Star's done. Star is. Is he? His star has burned out. When was the last time he played? Uh, Rhodes last played 2022 with Dallas. Star yeah. last played with who? Buffalo. Buffalo, maybe uh, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Do we if we if we take Xavier Rhodes there, do we see in the future the future defensive player of the year, Josh Norman? Was he defensive player of the year? I want to say. Wow. Uh, this makes it a lot easier too, because now you're saying you could pair Rhodes with pair Rhodes with Short. You hit on a home run in round two. That you could almost go without another D tackle. Who, who drafted Rhodes? Who, who drafted Rhodes? Uh, he was with the Vikings. Teams he played. Vikings. You know what? I'm taking Star. All right. I feel like this is. You know what? I was a KK fan, and I feel like I just underestimated how important Star Latulule was for our yeah. team for so long. All right, two more receivers, and then we'll let you go. Uh, later in round one, two very different receivers. One you could do a lot of things with. One elite. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Cordero Patterson. Would you rather have had those guys on offense instead of star? Yeah, I think the answer is yes to one. DeAndre? DeAndre. Yeah. I mean, he's Darryl's one of the best. And, like, he's a cool player. Like, we all – I've never met anybody who goes, I don't like Cordero Patterson, right? As a guy who was a receiver that became a running back – this guy is going to find a way. He'd probably be playing in the league in 10 years somehow. But it's nuts. He has had – he's, like, better and more valuable now than he was 10 years ago almost because they're doing stuff with running back with him and stuff and, and all that. It would be like if Percy Harvin became, like, a field goal kicker. <laughs> yeah, you got to say yes to Hopkins, right, Chandler? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think mean, of it, Cam and DeAndre. Oh, man. By the way, Tony, I want to make a correction. Uh, Josh Norman was not defensive player there. He was first-team All-Pro that year. We went to the Super Bowl. So, I wanted to make that correction. He had a great year, man. That first, I was at the first game of the season in Jacksonville. Pick six to win it. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, really important play. It meant just a great season for the Carolina Panthers. And, I, you know, I feel like... He got a lot of hate. Josh Norman is a player that people like to throw some shade on. And I guess you always do this to someone that you pay. Right? And we're talking to Clip here, Commander's fan, and they're the one who paid him. I like Norman. Um, I tell you what, I liked him. He was around the ball. Right? He gave us uh, – he forced a lot of turnovers, seemed to always be around the ball. I liked him. I knew we weren't going to get the money's worth out of him, but I thought he uh, – I was fine with him. I mean, faded off at the end. I didn't like when he was talking junk to Taylor Lewan after a loss, and Lewan punked him, and I was like, all right, good for him for punking Norm. But 
I, I i liked him it was fine you ne- you just never almost ever get your money's worth out of guys like that on that big contract yeah you're right clip is that uh when you pay the top dollar it's just hard to get the value no matter what it's like when we paid i, I saw a great argument about this when it came to running back and you pay them like christian mccaffrey we paid him after his thousand thousand season and it's like and what their argument was was this is that if he got 1800 yards he got 900 900 you would still be disappointed because he was unable to exceed what you thought was the best like so and so it is hard that's a good point i think james james bradbury is a good person like this he goes to the giants gets paid a lot the giants you know dump on him then goes to the eagles becomes a very important player so it's hard for those people to live up to that expectation i think josh norman's in that camp um and i guess that's that just comes with the free agency business right Tony, good stuff, man. We'll let you run uh, and hope to see you back in studio next week. Going to have a fun April leading up to the draft. Wonderful, man. Thanks. Uh, man, first, I'm so glad you text me, dude. <laughs> I am a creature of habit. Yeah. And I am out of my habitat right now. I've been on the road for a couple of days with, if you could see this clip, you would love it. Lots and lots of pasta has been eaten. Oh, nice. That I would be in my element up there. Mason Garcia would love it, too. That he would, yes. Full-blooded the Italian. Italian that I feel like, a, like, an, like an Anglican. <laughs> it's later, Tony. Thanks, man. All right, man. Later. C3 Podcast, Tony Dunn joining us. Let's make you a winner. Free Beer Friday. How about the Bud Light Apple Slices Seltzer? Uh, got a case of that we're going to give away right now. We don't have the booty bag theme. Would you like to sing it, Chandler? Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Rocking everywhere. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Getting it done. The Home Depot theme. All right, caller 12. Caller 12. Must 317 Whoa, 317-1250 is what I tried to say there. Uh, call in now. Your chance to win. Back with more Pirate Radio Live after this. Radio Live. Hey, you can watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. Watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday from 3 until 6 p.m. And, of course, the Bud Light pregame tailgate and the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. Just go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and subscribe. And congratulations to Harvey Odom of Winterville is our big winner on our free Beer Friday. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Barack. All right, HBO has all the cool intros songs including succession which is back for its final season and i think i'm gonna wait to binge it i have not watched episode one but uh hold on the beat's gonna kick back in here in a minute surely let it sizzle let it simmer you gotta you gotta work on the build up there it's gonna build back up and then hit 
I just love these HBO. Tony's Sopranos, that was great. Yeah. Westworld had a slow but good one. Deadwood had a great theme. Big fan of that one. Probably one of my favorites has to be the Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme. Do not know it. Oh. I'll have to uh, play it for you. It's, uh, I believe the theme was done by the Butthole Surfers. Ah, who had the song Pepper. Was that their famous song? I believe so, yeah. Yes. I do remember the Butthole Surfers from the 90s. All right. um, We don't have sound effects. We don't have a video, so you can see our awesome David Price construction hats. But we do have a countdown to do. The countdown must go on. Yes, we do. We do have a countdown. Um, Didn't do it yesterday, but we will do it today on a free beer friday there's 155 days away until ec football that's just look don't shoot the messenger i'm just telling you don't shoot anybody 155 days until ecu goes to ann arbor and plays in the big house against michigan i know that's a long time how can you go that long without seeing ecu football well here's the good news you don't have to go that long. You only have to go eight days to see ECU football. Because wow. next Saturday, April 8th, wow, it will be purple versus gold in the ECU spring game. Wow. In the purple gold spring game. In the purple gold pigskin pig out. There will be a, an, an equipment sale at 9 o'clock that morning. Kickoff will be at 11. You will be able to see ECU football a week from tomorrow, folks. A week from tomorrow. You want to see Mason Garcia in action? There's your chance. You want to see Shirley in action? Show up at the equipment sale. 155 <laughs> days away until ECU versus Michigan. Eight days away until ECU versus ECU in the ECU Purple Gold Pigskin Pig Out. Shirley, please don't be one of these Black Friday shoppers uh, knocking over people to get to what you want. No, but there are quite a few of those in the equipment sale because last year, like, now keep in mind, I was probably eight or nine years people. old. No, no, no. I was probably eighth or ninth from the front. Beers in. Um, <laughs> and I, by the time I got inside, people had ransacked the place yeah. and just ran over. Uh, I guess they were after specific items, but um, it, it can get a little crazy and a little rude. Um, I don't like to to be one of those people where I have to be mean, but if you're going to be rude, I'm going to be mean. So rude, please, mean. Rude equals mean. Please, if you see me at the equipment sale, don't try to cut in front of me. Don't try to run me over. The clothes, the stuff, it's not worth running your you know trying to bowl people over just to get one particular item it's i disagree not worth it every man man woman for himself out there treated I mean, like it, uh you're if a scavenger you want me to do that if you want me to do, go that route i will but i promise you you are going to walk away with an injury mm-hmm. this has been the ecu football countdown to kickoff brought to you by david price construction run by ecu alum david price David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, large-scale residential renovations, and additions. You can call today, 219-292-5591. 291-5591. 
919-291-5532. Visit online, davidpriceconstruction.com for all your commercial and custom residential and building needs. Award-winning David Price Construction, proud ECU Home Services partner. All right, that'll wrap it up. We got through this show. It was a weird what, one. Was a very weird show. Which, by the way, I'd like to make one correction. Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme was not done by Butthole Surfers. It was done by Nerf Herder. Ah, just wanted to make that correction you just because to say I butthole sh- surfers. No, I just screwed it up. Mm. At least it wasn't by butthole herders. <laughs> Chandler, thank you for that and for being a part of the show today. Enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see God you. We'll see y'all folks on Sunday at the Murph event at Can't the wait. Murphy Center, and be back with you Monday, Pirate Raffle Radio Man. Live. As we will go inside the Delcor Players Lounge and continue to talk spring football. We will talk to you then. Everybody have a great weekend for Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt. I'm Cliff Brock. We'll see you next time. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.